Congratulations on your 300th episode. This is Taryn Butler. Jake Strutt. And Megan Swayze. And we love you. Talking Talking Leg. Another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode 314. Trucking right along through our monumental 300 episode. And as you leadheads know, we've been doing some great giveaways to celebrate our 300th episode. And we're going to continue that today because, as I told you last episode, we're going to nominate our pilot for Lead Force One. The votes are in. And we're going to tally those up, and our pilot will be determined this episode. And one of you leadheads at random who voted is going to win a $75 gift code to Glock. Stand by for that. Also joining me, and he's no stranger to the show. You guys have uh, heard of Big John McCarthy before. Got Big John joining us. Jeremiah, welcome in. What's going on, Marty? How you doing? Doing good, buddy. Glad you could join me on such short notice. You've got a couple of uh, cool announcements to make also. We're going we're gonna to get to that. But what you guys have been waiting for, and we've been building this up for the week now. We had a little short notice. We were trying to get him a little more notice so we could build it up, but I think we built it up pretty good. So I'm going to read this from, from IMDB because it, it's just awesome. I don't know if you wrote this yourself, but I'm going to read this. So if life was a kung fu movie, our special guest house would be a Shaolin temple, and we would have to call him Master. Grandmaster is more accurate, as he has achieved the Grandmaster ranking in five shooting disciplines. Fifteen time. Oh, it's seven now. Okay. You need to update your IMDb. <laughs> uh, Fifteen time Southwest Pistol League champion? Is that uh, accurate? 34 time. <laughs> okay. 36 time, sorry. This is like way outdated, isn't it? I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, California State, uh, three guns. Is that 10 times? You, how many times are you the champion now? That's uh, that's 20 times. 20 times? This thing this thing is like 10 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way it started out, though. That was awesome. Okay. I'm liking everything. Uh, four-time USPA multi-gun national tactical champ. How many is that now? Uh, I don't know. It's like seven or eight. I don't remember. And and many, many, many more. I think you're getting the idea. This guy knows uh, of where he comes from on the shooting circuit. Ladies and gentlemen, Leadhead Brigade, join me in welcoming Taryn Butler to the Leadhead Brigade. Yay, yay, get So, Taryn, welcome in. Thank you for joining us, especially on such short notice. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So, we had a guest on a few episodes back, and he recommended that I get in touch with you. So, our good buddy Keith Garcia, we had Keith on, and he's like, man, you got to get you got to get Taryn on. So, thanks to Keith for setting that up and making it happen. 
appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that was a great episode. He was super funny. He's got like a great announcer's voice. Uh, today I have with me uh, Jade Struck. Hi, everybody. Hey, Jade. Shooter, amazing young woman, more talent than I can name. Also, we got Megan Swayze here, also Stone Cold Stunner, awesome shooter, and they're both have been here now for three years at least with almost every single thing we've done on the range with everybody you can possibly imagine. Very cool. And I've, I've been seeing them in the posts that you guys are doing on your social meds. They look like they're really tearing it up on the range out there. We suck. No, they don't. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> I'm very lucky to have uh, women like them that are outstanding shooters on top of being a total 10 as far as beauty, personality, and everything else. So just to be able to, to have them in my life and to work with me with these people and the friendships that they form with the celebrities and other military people, law enforcement that come out. It's its a magical situation, just kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm very blessed to be involved in it. Thank you. That's great, and it's a surprise to have Jay and Megan on, so I'm glad you grabbed them to join us. That's just going to add to the show. It's perfect. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate you guys. Look like you did some curls before you got on there, girl. No, I wish I did, but I'm <laughs> glad that it looks like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel small right now and like out of shape. <laughs> no, you look great. Thank you. Now, you guys are in sunny California. So, yes, our sir. listeners can kind of pinpoint on the map where you guys are located. Um, and, that, and that's a whole other discussion in and of itself. I think we've got a lot of questions to deal with that. But uh, what I want to do first, as our listeners know, Terrence, we have a good time called. The Talking Lead Jack Wagon Train, and uh, we let our listeners call out people in the community that have just done stupid, stupid, stupid things. Hoorah, simplified, do or die, hold them high at eighth and nine. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. So, our first one, so this comes to us, mm-hmm. guns in the news. Bicycle accidents kill more children than guns, but you don't see calls to ban bikes. So the old argument, you know, motor motorcycle, uh, motor vehicle accidents, bicycle accidents, uh, comparing that to to gun murders and things like that. So I don't know. Let's, let's I don't want to read this whole article here. We don't want to hear it either. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is just more political type thing. I mean, if you if you got to resort to your arguments on why not to ban guns is going to bicycles and we need to have a talk off air so get in touch with me at talkingledgmail.com and we'll strengthen that argument but it's probably shoot i mean it's probably true i mean that's that's the facts but sometimes the left don't like to use the facts and the right don't like to use the fact all right our next one are you looking at our list there taryn mm-hmm. yeah we see a guy Jake? looking ice cream for some nonsense no there's one more you guys more. you guys want to take that one that's a pretty funny one, I think. Let's see. Yeah, I saw it in the news. Okay, I'm going to read it to you guys. Yeah, yeah. So the headline is, Texas man licks ice cream, puts it back on grocery shelf, and really regrets the consequences. <laughs> so this is telling us the Texas man is really regretting the choice he made to record himself licking ice cream at the grocery store and putting it back in the tub. Walmart caught out on surveillance and um, authorities. Let's see. So this guy took a, a thing of ice cream in Walmart and licked it and put it back in the inside the no. freezer. Yes. 
And then, <laughs> then he says that he regretted it because law enforcement charged him with a class A criminal mischief and booked him at the county correctional facility. Um, but they can be enormous damage to the image of the product in the store. That's just gross. I mean, that just falls into the category of gross and things you shouldn't do, whether it's illegal right. or not. <laughs> He's facing up to a year in jail and almost a thousand dollar fine. Oh my gosh, that's some expensive that's ice cream. Price oh. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I hope it was Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was some. It was not. Which I wish. It probably should have been. It was probably Walmart brand, the off-brand, wasn't it? <laughs> totally. It was like a $2 tub. Wasn't it Ben and Jerry's Bernie Sanders version? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I was looking at it. Jeremiah, you want to take our next one? It says, headline is, Clarification, Mormon Church Gun Rules Story. In a story, August 26th, the Associated Press reported that the Church of Jesus, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would be sending the letter... It sent to local leaders in Texas, to leaders elsewhere, about a new policy that prohibits lethal weapons in church. The church said it won't send the same letter, but will notify local church leaders about the change in security measures. Okay. So a, a mass advertising that they've created a, a no-gun zone that, okay. that people can that's, come that's in and stupid. not worry about being shot. It's a mistake what they're doing. They should allow you know people that can carry concealed to be there. That way, in case there's a church shooting like that happened recently, someone could fight back and shred the fool. So absolutely, absolutely. I mean that that's why I wanted that one read is because I mean it makes no sense and they and they're making a national issue of it. You know, just painting a target on their backs. It's like, hey, come here. We're gun free zone now. Yeah, because preaching the choir right now. Because because pretty much anywhere you went in Texas. You know, people kind of feared for their lives and thought twice before they pull a gun on somebody, because you never know mm -hmm. who was carrying in Texas. Mm -hmm. Now you know they're not carrying at this church. I can guarantee you some people are still going to be carrying at this church. <laughs> I don't think they're going <laughs> to. They're going to pay attention to that that letter of recommendation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll take this one. Connecticut man allegedly tested out guns by shooting into park where kids were playing. What? <sighs> the Connecticut man was arrested after police say he tested out his new gun in a public park where children were playing a softball game. James DiNardo, 68, allegedly fired two shots this near this park clock. in Stamford around 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, according to investigators. When police arrived, they reportedly found DiNardo sitting inside his Cadillac, I'm, I don't know why they need to tell what kind of car it was. With two guns he had just bought. Donardo was showing extreme restraint when officers asked him to keep his hands visible. Uh, upon a second command to raise his hands, he complied. It was then that he, uh, that the responding officer spotted a loaded two-shot Derringer sitting in his lap. Well, there you know he's an idiot right there for his choice of guns, if that's his... <laughs> the 68 year old who is said to work as a security guard <laughs> and he uses a derringer told police he wanted to see how the weapons worked captain richard conklin uh told that tv station there he was reportedly had in his possession a nine millimeter beretta okay i mean a little a little better and police found the new empty 
found a few empty mini bottles of vodka in his vehicle. Womp, womp, womp. There you go. He's <laughs> drunk in the park with kids shooting a gun. <laughs> and the story goes on. So you guys can go to, I think that comes to us from Fox News. Uh, but yeah, definitely a jack wagon. Poor life choices for that 68-year-old. I'm surprised he made it that long. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bless his heart. That's what we mm-hmm. say in Tennessee. Bless his heart. All right. I think that was our last jack wagon. Oh, good. <laughs> Unless you guys have any that you want to nominate. You got anybody you want to throw on the jack wagon train? Um, I don't like to wreck too many people, you know, but there's a guy. He's kind of funny. He's called Voda Consulting. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he, did a, he did a video. It's so funny where he's like, yeah, I'm glad the director of John Wick and Keanu saw me training here so they could the, to, to learn my technique for John Wick 3. They could pay me later some, you know, residual. It's just it was just hilarious. It's pretty funny. But he was actually dead serious. So Yeah, this guy has has made the train before with his antics in the past. <laughs> he had posted yeah. some video of him uh knifing and shooting a target and then shooting up into yeah. the the ceiling of the the range he was at. Yeah, this guy's an idiot. I can't believe he's still around. Right? Yeah. He starts the TTI on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. You gonna put him in that new safe you just got? Yep. Yeah. This didn't surprise me. Walk him in there. <laughs> I saw that oh. video. That was a good video. Yeah, well deserved. Good choice. We're gonna right. get into the positive now. So gonna get that train out of here. Lead Force One is landing and taxiing in. X-ray, one, six, right, Air Force One, contact Reno Tower, one one eight point seven. Have a good day. Air Force One, push tower, good day. So our first one here, Bonner County Sheriff goes after City of Sandpoint for illegal gun ban. So the City of Sandpoint is embroiled in yet another controversy. I don't know what their other ones were. Um, apparently they're pretty famous for controversy. It says, mm-hmm. now the city finds itself in the midst of another controversial issue. The festival at Sandpoint, which is run by a nonprofit company, banned citizens at War Memorial Park from carrying their firearms. Here we go, another um, target-rich environment. So mm-hmm. um, this guy, I guess this sheriff, has, has gone uh, public and said that he's not going to support this ban and that uh, he's going to be petitioning against it. In a nutshell, that's what this article's saying. Uh, so good for him, but just another, just another example of you know poor choices by these communities to to unarm our citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super annoying. That's not right. But that ain't right. That ain't right. That's what my dad says. That ain't right. Come on, son. <laughs> if it ain't right, it ain't right. that ain't right. <laughs> All right, our next one is a 93-year-old gentleman. Let's see what he's done. 93-year-old Holocaust survivor wants AOC out of Congress given Nobel Prize in stupidity for concentration camp comments. No, that's okay. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her friends in the media are... Quintupling down on comparing American detention facilities to concentration camps, 
A survivor of the real concentration camps in Nazi Nazi Germany is livid and speaking out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's ridiculous what they're they're saying. You know, absolutely insane. It is. They have no concept. People went through. And Mr. Mossberg, love his last name, Ed Mossberg, <laughs> is 93 years old and one of the few people still alive who survived the Nazi camps. He lives in New Jersey, and he spoke to the New York Post. He said she should be removed from Congress. She's spreading anti-Semitism, hatred, and stupidity, he said to the paper. The people on the border aren't forced to be there. They go there on their own will. If someone does, doesn't know the difference, either they're plain stupid or they just don't care. And then he goes on to say that she should be nominated for the Nobel... Uh, Prize of stupidity. Of stupidity, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, still witty at 93. I love it. Yep. I like seeing old people get fired up. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. Even, especially the, I mean, you guys, I'm sure have seen those videos of those grandmas that, like, they're, like, someone was trying to rob them and granny sitting on the front porch with a shotgun just ready to, like, go ham. <laughs> She's, like, all fired up, you know? <laughs> there's, like, a, I need that link. Of- I haven't seen that. That's awesome. Oh! Oh, yeah, I gotta send, there's, like, a there's like a comp- compilation mm-hmm. all these grannies just going hand. That's awesome. Link that to me. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. I will. You guys want to take the our last uh, set of heroes here? The the young men that were honored? So the headline reads boys honored with sign for litter pickup. The sign reads keep Marion County clean. Don't be a litter bug in honor of Xavier and even. So the, it says Fairmont, Xavier and Ian Stewart thought that they were just cleaning up a street in Fairmont, but they ended up inspiring a city program honoring unsung heroes like themselves. While staying with their grandma during Easter break this year, Xavier, who was 14, and Ian, who was 11, were told by a neighbor about a litter-choked side street at the end of Indiana Avenue in the east side. They decided to make a difference and clean up the trash on both sides of the street. Uh, Fairmont City Councilman Josh Rice was impressed by the civic, by their civic pride. Inspired by the example, he convinced the council to start the Friendly City Spotlight Award Citizen Rec- Recognition Program, and it will allow people in the community to nominate others for the honor. Um, Xavier and Ian are the first recipients of the war- of the award. Um, the names have been put out on Marion County "Don't Be a Litterbug" sign that has been placed in the street as they clean up. And um, let's see. I asked the boys, well, why are you doing this? Did your mom tell you to do this? He said, and they said, no, this is just what we do. And I said, why? And they said, because mother nature's beautiful. And that's impressive that's, for an 11 and 14 year old. You that's know, it's just what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's man. how we roll, man. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Might. yeah. So yeah. there is hope for our younger generation. So these yeah, boys man. were raised right. Awesome. Yeah. It's, an, it's definitely um, relieving, you know, just because, I feel like there's a decline in the family values sometimes, and I don't want. It's nice to see that, you know. Oh, immensely, yeah. You're right. So yeah, gotta take care of Mother Earth. You know, we only have one. <laughs> so what about you guys? You got any heroes you want to throw on? Take a take a ride on Lead Force One. Um, I like Dan Crenshaw. It's freaking awesome. Okay. Uh, I like to throw in Ashley Rourke. Just. Destroyed everybody at some uh, Swedish rifle championships. He's arguably the best female shooter in the world right now. Um, just incredible. Just awesome. The sponsoring work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. And Jay, the last weekend, killed Oh, him. no, no, no. Shredded a bunch of fools at the local Southwest Pistol League. Oh, stop. Shredded <laughs> fools. 
They're hiatus. Come back in force. Oh, goodness gracious. Come back as Jack Jade. Stop. No. Fred and Cools with 2011. Yes. No, I did not. John Wick collection. She's a John Wick collection shredding 100 men locally in California. JW3, JW4, which collection? (laughs) I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, Uh, John Wick 3. John Wick 3. Nice. I got John Wick 4 in the mind, but it was actually John Wick 3 guns. Yeah, we're kicking it up. John Wick 4 is coming, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Yeah. sweet. Jeremiah, you you got any heroes real quick? Sadly, I don't. I've been burning the candle at both ends, and I haven't even had time to read the news. So all these, all these stories were good. I was catching up. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So thanks to all you leadheads that submitted the Jack Wagons and our Leadhead Brigade heroes, Amber, Kenneth, Mark, um, David, Jade, Taryn. <laughs> so, thank you guys. Thank you. So much for that. So... Um, I told you we're, we're having a little little contest, a little giveaway with our lead heads. Mm-hmm. And we have narrowed down from like 30 nominations down to the top five. And this past week, the lead heads have been voting on who our pilot's going to be. And here's our candidates. So our first one is Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise supporting our service members for over 40 years. He also played Lieutenant Dan on Forrest Gump. <laughs> Ken Mattingly, Apollo 13. Mac Taylor on CSI. Jack Garrett on Criminal Minds and a number of other things. Has Gary been to your range? No, but he lives five minutes away and I've had about... we got to get him there. Hasn't happened yet. So, in time. In time. It'll happen. Our second candidate is the ghost of Charlton Heston. Not Charlton Heston, but the ghost of Charlton Heston. Because as a ghost, he's that much more badass. He, <laughs> he played Taylor on Planet of the Apes. He was Ben-Hur. Ten, Ten Commandments. He was Moses. He was the Omega Man, for God's sake. He also was a World War II vet. And I believe he was the president of the NRA at one point in time. Yep, they used to have their uh, celebrity shoots out here back in the good old days. Oh, cool. Did you get to meet Chuck? Uh, no, I never met him. I came in a little bit right after he died. So, gotcha. yeah. Number three is Chelsea Sully Sullenberger. Not many people could survive a terrorist Canadian geese attack, let alone safely land, crash land in the Hudson River and save 155 lives. They even made a movie about him, directed by Clint Eastwood. And who played him in that movie? Uh, that was Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, that's right. Yep. And Sully also served in the Air Force. Number four. You guys are going to like this one. Zapper 21, a.k.a. the Sky Penis Bandit. <laughs> because you can't have lopsided balls. This Navy pilot grew into legend with his giant sky dong artwork from the controls of his E818G Growler. <laughs> Number five, Russell Case, the true hero and savior of the world during the war of 1986 in Independence Day. He flew an F-4 fighter pilot in Vietnam. He was a crop duster, an alien abductee, a drunk, and a huge disappointment to his kids. Despite Randy his... Quaid. Randy Quaid, yeah. Cousin Eddie. 
Despite his ad- uh, adversities, Russell proves that the broken man can be a better person. As Cousin Eddie said, I ain't seen a beating like that, was it say, since somebody put a banana down my pants and let the monkey loose. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those are our candidates. Very good. And in order of last to first, Zapper 21 came in last place. Tied for third and fourth, we have Gary Sinise and Russell Case. And then we have a tie also for the Ghost of Charlton Heston and Sully. So you guys are going to be the tiebreakers. So cast your vote for Chuck or Sully. I'm going Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. All right. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty Dirty apes. apes. (laughs) I got you blow it up. You're mad. I understand that you're a movie aficionado as well. Huge. We're gonna get yeah. along great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Jade's Jade? pretty damn good too. Who are you voting for, Jade? Uh, I'm not gonna help this out at all. <laughs> I wanna go for Sully. <laughs> <laughs> all right, looks like Megan is gonna be our tiebreaker. Megan. Oh. I don't know. Go for Moses. Go for Ben Hur. Why? She's the one that. The Omega Man. Okay, that sounds good. The Omega Man. The Omega Man. And the winner is, by one vote, the ghost of Charlton Heston. (laughs) Yay! Very good. Awesome job, Leadheads. Thank you so much for taking the time to cast your votes. Uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to announce who the winner of that Glock $75 gift code is. Um, but now, we want to get in talking about Taryn and all the great things that Taryn's been doing. So, Taryn, I've got this line of questioning. We call it... And sometimes it What is your earliest recollection of shooting a firearm? Probably um, seven or eight years old. Uh, My brother got into guns and we bought a a Colt Diamondback, four inch. And uh, it was at like JCPenney's back then in the Valley. And we went out and shot it. It was awesome. We're big fans of movies. well, everybody was out there seeing Star Wars, we were watching Dirty Harry. Yeah. So um, he bought a 44 Magnum six and a half inch. He's a kid, a little kid. And I'm a smaller kid. I'm a younger kid, whatever. And I bought a four inch Python. So he was like Dirty Harry and I was like Magnum Force. I was like David Soul, you know. And how so, old were you? I don't know. Uh, probably six or so, seven. Six or seven. Nice. We got into guns, got crazy into guns. We bought, we had a lot of money back then. Uh, We we went from riches to rags. um, (laughs) That's what we do. But uh, yeah, we just started getting a bunch of, what the hell? Superstar. 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 Mary Catherine, superstar. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I was smelling my pits. (laughs) If you must know. So that was back in the day when you could go to J.C. Penney and, and buy guns. 
That's awesome. Yeah, even in the recycler, I buy Styrogs and HK91s and all the good stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. And there were no school shootings back then. You know, life is different now. And this was in California. Yeah. A much different environment than what it is nowadays, huh? Yeah, totally different. Completely. Yeah. So, um, do you have any military, law enforcement, first responder background? No, I just, uh, my first job was like working security at, uh, like this big ass building they used to film Airwolf at back in the eighties, and uh, and then I uh, I followed shooting and stuff like that. Dan and, Michael uh, Vincent just uh, followed all kind of competition things like that. Ended up getting into competition in like ninety four. So uh, these guys came to the local gun store and bought a couple of STI five point one Eagles. I had property with nothing on it, and I invited them out to shoot. Uh, the guns didn't work, but I had a Glock twenty one. So they invited me to an indoor shooting range. They said I was pretty good. And at the indoor match, it was a bowling pin match. So at that match, I shredded everybody with a Glock 45. And this this guy was there with a big old case he opened up and had all these crazy guns in it. There was a Glock 17, a Glock 24C. I have one sitting in front of me right now, actually. It's it. a compensated Glock 40 caliber. It had a 30-round magazine in it. And he goes, try this out, kid. And I shot the, the next bowling pin round with that gun, big fireballs coming out of the top, 30-round mag. Feed everybody. Now, he was a stuntman from First Blood. If you watch First Blood Part oh, 1, sweet. he's the guy in the truck when Rambo jumps on the top. He's like, what do you got in the back? He's like, an M60, get out of here. <laughs> so um, his name is Bruce Barber. He goes, kid, you're good. But you got to go to the Southwest Pistol League. That's where all the action is. Went to my first match with the Glock 45. And came in seventh out of 11 with guys with STI 2011s, little 20 rounds of 40. And out of seven, I was seventh out of 118 guys. So I knew I had a future there. So the very next year, I won. Nice. And since since then, I've shot on both cups, the unlimited cup and the limited cup. I've got like 38 title defenses, and and I was and I became uh, the 19th combat master. They had a program there where guys like Mickey Fowler and Jeff Cooper and all these guys were shooting, and you have to beat the best in the world to be the combat master. So I beat, the, beat everybody in times to become the 19th combat master. Other ones are like Thel Reed, Elvin Carl, Jeff Cooper, Mickey Fowler, Mike Dalton. So since 1998, when Jade was born, I've been the last combat master. So you were like in your, what, early 20s? Uh, yeah. Um, I <laughs> wished. Oh, back then? Now. <laughs> Oh, me? Uh, Are you talking about me? No, no, no I, was I, was I was I was early 20s when I did that. I've been doing it for like 25 years or something like that. So right. a long time. Then I got into three-gun because I got a little bit bored of just pistol. Went to my first three-gun match. Um, it was called the, the Bakersfield Winter Classic. I wasn't really ready for it. And uh, my first match, I was horrifying on shotgun. Nothing worked. I didn't know how to load. It was a total disaster. I was like third from the bottom. Then I ended up uh, shredding the pistol. I was so pissed. I shot the pistol like a freak. Won the pistol stages and the rifle, I didn't give a crap. Everybody's shooting really slow and going prone. I'm like, fuck this shit. I just went freaking total Scarface on the stages, <laughs> shredded the place and thought I would lose. I won the match. But then I realized like, I got to get my shotgun shit figured out. So I designed the first ever four-shot caddies, learned how to load, load weak hand, watched the other shooters. They didn't have like a game plan. They just go, yeah, Taryn, I'm just going to – I go, what do you do? How do you wh – why are you so good? I just shoot a bunch, load a bunch, shoot a bunch. I go, we got a bunch of rounds left over at the end. Are you running empty early if you miss one? 
So I came up with the, with the, the concept of just load exactly what you got to do to win the stage. And by the next match, I was only five seconds behind the best. Then I was tying them. The next month, I was 10 seconds ahead. And then from then on, I went, went on to like shoot the nationals and the world championships and Fort Benning and Superstition. I won Superstition 12 times in a row. No one's ever done it before or since. So it became awesome to get into three gun. And that really opened up my career. That led also to getting on the TV show Top Shot and a bunch of other crazy crap in my life. So Top Shot's <laughs> one of my all-time favorite shows. I love that show. I remember seeing yeah. you on that. You were on season, what, two and three? I was on two through all the way to the end, All-Stars 5. You were through so, all of them? Cool. Yeah. So it was, it was a great experience. It, uh, it was a big step in my career. Like I did everything I could in winning matches. And that makes you whatever. When you walk around the SHOT show, you have status from that, but that's a smaller status than being on uh, Top Shot. That changed the game there. Yeah. And, that's, and after that, it ended up being Hollywood stuff. How'd you get the, uh, the invitation to be on Top Shot? How'd that come about? Well, first, um, I went in for the auditions. Uh, I didn't audition for it. Everybody's like going crazy over the show. What's really weird about the whole story is in 2008, two years before Top Shot came on, I came up with a show called The Ultimate Shooter, and I wrote the, wrote the whole thing out. I still have the whole the whole uh, thing I made. Yeah, uh, and took it to different companies in LA. One of them was Pilgrim saw it. They said this is a cool concept. Basically, it's Survivor with guns, and they passed on it because there was like twenty producers on it, like ridiculous. They ended up taking it and doing it without me, and I was like, great. I just got hosed in Hollywood. What's new? And so then, um, ten, two years later, they actually called me to come and work on the show or to be a contestant on the show. I didn't put in an audition tape or whatever. Went to this house by LAX. We're all there. A million shooter friends of mine are there. They told us, don't talk to them. You don't know Jerry Micklick. You don't know J.J. Ricasa. Look at the ground when you walk by. So when I'm there, I realized, like, this show was kind of thrown together. They got horrible guns we're shooting. Nothing is, is good. Mm. So I chose not to be on the show. Then the next, the next season, the show blew up. I was kind of regretting my decision. But the next season, um, they had an expert on this one episode. Maggie Reese was on the episode, a bunch of people, Chris Tilly. And the expert couldn't do any of the things he said he could do. They didn't know who experts were. It was people that don't know guns making a show. And so... They, I, you know, they were mad at me for dipping out, but they called me on nine o'clock at night going, Taryn, can you come in at six in the morning to Aqua Dulce and do the show? I go, and I felt like an asshole for turning it down. I'm like, now my opportunity is here. Mm-hmm. What do you got to do? They go, you got to shoot a bullet, split a bullet, an ax blade. You got to shoot guns in each hand, hit plates. You got to hang upside down and shoot. I'm like, done none of this, but I'm going to go for it. So um, <laughs> I go there and um, first thing I had to do was hang upside down shoot all these water bottles that weren't great. This guy was like promoting me like, dude, I told you he's great. He's awesome. The next thing I had to do was shoot an ax blade, split a bullet. And um, so it was, I had to shoot area two the next morning. So I'm like down to the wire and get my guns ready, nothing like that. So it's getting dark out. And uh, at lunchtime, though, it was cool. Colby Donaldson was there. And uh, this girl walks in. This girl uh, was like the one that ran the show. She's like, we got to go to Walmart, get some 22, 9 millimeter, da-da-da. I go, I go, hey, uh, why do you got to go to Walmart to buy ammo? 
because we need ammo for the show, dummy. I go, do you know who you are? Like, what do you mean? I go, you're like Janet Jameson not knowing about the AVN Awards. <laughs> the spits up milk out of his nose. He goes, you're Taryn Butler. I heard about you through Blake my guest, and I want to come shoot with you. I'll become your friend, and all this cool stuff. So I got a split. So they give me some piece of 1911 made 1910, and they got this dull-ass axe blade and full metal jacket. Like, this is ridiculous. How am I going to split this stupid heavy bullet on an axe blade that's dull? So all these excuses. So I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. So I go, can I at least shoot the gun first? So I go to shoot it. It shoots like a foot low left, but honestly, I totally flinched because I'm not used to like a 20-pound trigger. <laughs> Truth <laughs> comes out. Shit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now really aim like your regular guy and don't be some, you know, ipsic shooter that's used to pound trigger. So like, then I shouldn't know. It's only an inch low left. Okay, it's kind of dead on. So then, <laughs> all right, go do it. I'm ready to shoot the shot. They go, lunch. I'm like, fuck. Go, come back. Now it's crazy winds are coming. It's like, it's like out of some crazy... You know, movie for, for freaking, I don't even know. It's just all just like a, it's like a Tim Burton film. Just <laughs> lightning and wind. I'm like, holy shit, get a jacket on in between. So I asked this guy named Clay, I go, can you take those shitty lead bullets and can you can you cut the tips of them and make them flat so I can hit that stupid ass dull axe blade and split them? Yeah, I'll help you, John. i help you. He's grinding with a stupid file. <laughs> all right, you're up. Okay, just so you know, Taryn, you don't shoot when you want to. You shoot on the countdown. I'm like, ugh. So I go, did they go? Three, two, one, boom. And I hit. Like, he did it. He's the man. I told you he's the fucking man. I fucking told you. And they come out of the dark room with the with the phantom cameras, the super slow-mo. Oh, it sucked. It just a little tiny bit of bullet hit one balloon. The rest of it is giant lead. And what do you want? We want to cut perfectly. What the fuck? So then. Edit that in, motherfuckers. (laughs) Then I go again. I go, boom, and I miss. Oh, this is 200 people and 22 cameras. I count them all, like looking at every camera. Dink, dink. One on my butthole, I'm like, dink, dink. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. And then I got to shoot a mask tomorrow and I got to be Blake McGez and Nils. These guys are legends. I hate them. So, anyways, <laughs> I shoot. Then, then they got to, it takes forever. Set the whole thing up. I'm like, everybody's like, oh, he's not that good. Oh, I told you he sucks. Go to the next one. Boom, it blows up both balloons. Did it. He's raging. He did it. It comes out. It sucked. He missed completely. The wood splatter came out from the other side and popped the left balloon. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Okay, this guy goes, hey, Taryn, it's 5.55. The sun, as you notice, is going to leave the mountain. When that's gone, we don't have the shot. So if you don't make the shot, we don't have the shot. This entire setup with the phantom cameras and these 200 people were for nothing. I'm like, holy Christ. Thanks for the so, extra pressure, douchebag. <laughs> Jesus, can you jump on top of the bullet like Slim Pickens and you know, and ride it to the freaking axe blade. So I shoot, I aim a little bit high right because I'm going to flinch a little bit like an ass. Boom, they both blow up. I'm waiting for the guy to come out and go, he missed it. He comes out, he goes, dude, it's freaking raging. Come look at this shit. Comes, runs in there, look in there. It's cut perfectly. It's actually on YouTube. You can see it. The bullet was a 230 grain. I have the one side is 128 grains. The other side is like 90 grains. So that worked out. I went area two the next day. Beat all these clowns that are amazing with other fucking awesome shooters. There's guys I sponsor, but it was a miracle to be able to beat them. Made the cover of Gun uh, Front Sight magazine. It was a great, great year. And then um, that cool. led to a lot more things. And uh, my career is at different levels. That was a level change for my career. Walk around the shot show, and you're different than just a shooter. Now it's like, you're that guy that gets my guns on top shot. So every single manufacturer wanted to be involved in my world. So the next three or four years, I was helping to put all my sponsors guns on top shot helped get shooters on there. I got Jerry Miklick on there, Mike Voigt on there. I got Julie Golob on there. 
I just recommended people. They didn't know who they were. Got Robert Vogel on there because I want to be an expert twice a season, but I didn't want to be nonstop every episode. I don't want you know, that's just saturation. It's like yeah. The Rock's career. It's never ending. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock is in a movie. The Rock's in a comedy. The Rock is on a, on Ballers. The Rock is on a game show. That's like The Rock is on freaking a ripoff of freaking Ninja Warrior. It's like enough of The Rock, but I love it, you know. So I gave those spots to other top shooters and it helped boost their career. Yeah, so. that show really boosted a lot of people's careers. Definitely. I wish they'd bring it back. Damn, I love that show. Um, it, it, I don't know. I mean, the problem with the show is one story towards the last episode is Colby Donaldson and I became friends. So I took him to the shot show and together we would bum rush everybody and get all this cool stuff for the show, got stuff for ourselves, everything. And the show wouldn't progress. It was a bullseye show. It was annoying. Like we couldn't, no action, no speed. No, it's just all one shot. Yay! Bullseye! Yay! And that killed the show. I mean, Sandy Hook happened eventually and, you know, put a night on, you know, a yeah. nail in the coffin. But Colby, at one time, was reading this thing. He's like, okay, here we are today. We got blue team, red team. We got the same dumb fucking goddamn challenges again. A fucking 22 and one shot and a bolt rifle and one shot at 700. So fuck you. He was pissed. He walked off the set and came back, pulled down, and did what he had to do. But had I was a little burnout, like, wow. Nitty. Because we fought with producers every episode. Like, can you have some action? Can we shred a fucking thing around here? No, we got a bullseye, and we got one round. But I just garnered your show 20,000 rounds of ammo. We got one round to use. So it, it kind of killed itself because they wouldn't think straight. So anyway. My favorite uh, competition on that was when they would do the – uh, the bar, and they pick their call their shot, kind of like horse. So they pick their target, pick their gun, and then pick you know call their shot. I like that one. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm being a dick. It, it was a great show. It did what it did. I just wished it would have progressed a little more. Yeah. But uh, it's still a classic time, a great time in my life. I like to be an ass and trash stuff because it's funny. But um, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome part of my career. So it's well, like you to said too. It. I mean, Sandy Hook happened, and that pretty much. Um, sealed its fate right there. Yeah, I got to be on the Sons of Gun episode and shoot some bit only like a maniac when I had longer, dumber looking hair and, Joe and stuff like that. Uh, Sons of Guns was hot then too, but that also got wrecked due to a bunch of crazy controversies. But Yeah, we, yeah. we know well about that. Uh, it was like the era of uh, the big hair bands. Like there was a million gun shows going and then like grunge came and wiped it off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. That's a great analogy. <laughs> so uh talk about talk about you know we're talking about where you started and you know kind of progressing and, and kind of where you're at now you've you've been around the shooting sports for for a long time so you've seen them from 25 years ago to where it's progressed now talk about how the shooting sports have have evolved since you started shooting and what's the biggest evolution in your opinion well um I don't know. It's, it's, it's different. Like, um, if you talk about three gun, I was very lucky to get on the, the train of three gun right when it was killing it. And I rode that train all the way through till now I'm still shooting matches, but I was very lucky to be in the heyday of three gun nation. Uh, three gun, I just got on the ride just in time. But, um, but to me now, like it's, I still love three gun, but there's almost too many matches. Like, Back through my winning streak, I look at seven-year winning streak, won everything, Fort Benning, Superstition, uh, World 3-Gun, uh, every area 3-Gun match, all that fun stuff. 
there were there was there was less matches, but there were higher quality, and the the staff would put in a lot of work into each match. It was like a cook that really cared about his his dinner for you. Right. Now it's all fast food courts. Everybody's putting on a three gun match, and people are coming. We're coming. They maybe still are. All the like everything was three gun, three gun, three gun, and I was very happy to be part of it, to promote it, to do all that stuff, but. It became total quantity over quality. Now it's it's like so many three gun matches are just a million cheap eighteen dollar plates set up on the side of a hill yeah. and down the side of a hill. And there's no bitching house clearing stages and doors you open, moving targets and <laughs> tanks and helicopters and awesome action stuff. It's just as cheap as they could throw it together because they don't want to put the work into it and get paid and get out of there. And yeah. um, after enough of that, because it's like I'm spoiled. It's like I lived through all the great action movies, the 80s and 90s. Now I'm not really into watching like, you know, uh, you know, the Maze Runner, the the Curse of the Blood Odin or some piece of shit. Like I miss, you know, like Die Hard and, you know, Terminator 2. So like I was able to live through that era. So to me, it's disappointing. Like even Superstition Mountain 3-Gun, I've been doing it. It was one of the very first ever 3-Gun matches. Lucky to have 12 wins there. Jade uh, and I uh, last two years ago were able to win the stealth division so it's a really proud moment to have right on. jade who's my right hand win and i won it was awesome so and she won again uh last year so and was it this year i don't even know and so yeah, but that was a they brought up a division that was back to old school like now they have divisions where the shotgun can have a 12 round tube to me i like to look at three gun like it was and could be the stealth division where the guns have some semblance of a real self-defense gun when they added a 12-round tube, yeah, it's an advantage, it's cool, but it's completely impractical to have a shotgun that you can pull vault with, that the tube is longer than the entire gun itself. And I've complained about that. Now, it'll hurt my business if they listen to me because I sell a lot more shotguns that are with 26-inch barrels, 24-inch barrels, and tube going 50 yards ahead of the gun. But to me, that's not a gun I would use in a shootout because I, I got a guy breaking in the house and I'm going out the screen door, he'll see the tube and sling me into the pool half an hour before I even come out the door. It's right. it's ridiculous. So that I think is a mistake. Um, but it's just, it's just so many matches now. Everybody's got a match, every gun manufacturer and every, every gun company is getting asked by all these match people to give stuff away. Yeah. And it's just, it's Price endless. Stable. Yeah. What would but, you say um, is the, still- the best quality, best quality three gun match out there right now? best run right now um i wouldn't say there's even one i'd say they've all watered down to a point where there's a new norm and there's a generation of people that put them on that are not there anymore um i mean pete rensick does a really good match um i love his match the only problem is it's too much match it's like 35 stages and night stages and it's like this incredible restaurant with great food but you're you're eating everything in the on the menu i got steak i got chicken i got asian food i got pizza it's like I got mexican food <laughs> i've got spaghetti you want some spaghetti it's like it's all good but it's a lot of food Blah! you know like i mean you know i love pete and i'm being a dick right now if you listen to this but i think if you pared it down to like 15 stages and get in get out and you can have a life that'd be cool but nobody listens to me i'm just an idiot so that's not true it is it's basically that's not true. it is <laughs> So when it comes to pop culture, you know you're a movie guy, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a magazine, you know, whatever, music, what's your go-to? What does Taryn like to just kick back and relax to? 
Um, well, obviously, I've liked all the classic great action movies. There's a lot of there's some decent good TV shows I've watched. I've been she's a couple years old. Show she it was really good. Jade got into it. The show on right now. I don't recommend it to teenagers or whatever, but it's really well put together. It's called Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's well, it's really well put together on HBO. Uh, it's it's a fucked up show, but it's watchable as hell. Euphoria. Um, Euphoria. Okay. It's got Zendaya as a star. Uh, I trained a couple of the actors on the show. Um, Sydney Sweeney. She's the blonde on the show. She's really pretty. She was just recently in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Plays one of Manson's uh, clan. Oh yeah, she. Um, she's fun too. She's very like very humble and down to earth. Just such a sweet woman. Yeah, she's training for like a like a Russian action character. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's so cute, though. She's one of my favorites that come out. Yeah, I want to see yeah, that movie. I've not she, seen that yet. I heard it's pretty good. Which one? Once, Once upon, upon a time? time in Hollywood. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, they it filmed really they filmed good. it here in Simi uh, at the Spawn Ranch. Jay, didn't you like run around the Spawn Ranch in Corganville back when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jade like dipped out. She's bored with my dumb asshole. No, I'm right here. <laughs> She's just like texting a bunch of fools right now. No, so. I'm not. <laughs> Millennials, what are you um, gonna do? What else? Uh, go, go to stuff. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, What's your music? What kind of music you like to jam to? Well, you know, I love. I listen to Hair Nation, of course, and Oz and, and Ozzy's Boneyard. I like, uh, like uh, alternative, like rock metal. I like, you know, pop stuff. I like a, a lot of everything. Yeah, I don't Variety. like the thing. Uh, preferably rock, of course. Van Halen, Molly Crew. Um, Guns N' Roses are like my favorite. I like, I like, I hate Creed. They're dumb. Creed has some good songs, so shut the fuck up, you know? I bet you used to wear um, Motley Crue t shirts during your uh, competition shooting in your 20s, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. I wore Motley Crue all the time. <laughs> nice. um, I had really long hair. I was like a metal shooter guy. Uh, so that was, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw their last show at the Forum. No, no, at the Staples Center. Uh, three years ago, it was Sweet. insane, and the the pyrotechnics of that show. I have a video of it. Is nothing I've ever seen before. It was beyond anything. It was it was a great last show. I've been I've been watching them in concerts since 1987, over the years. So it was it was a great last show. So you like Metallica. I like Metallica. I like the the Black Album. I like I do like their song they did for Mission Impossible. That was mm-hmm. freaking badass. So very cool. Um, yeah, I like all the good shit. What's new? What is your next gotta have, wanna have, like piece of kit, gun, whatever it may be? What's what are your eyes like? Yeah, that that's next on my list. A gun that I have to have. It could be a gun, piece of kit, gear. Could be you know whatever. Could be anything. Jay, do you have a question for that? You want to answer that one? What was the question? I like have every gun you could possibly imagine, so it's like it doesn't have to be a gun. It's like it's like asking Hugh Hefner what girls you want to bone next. It doesn't matter. I'm <laughs> <laughs> being a dick. <laughs> um, what's like a gun you have to get, or something that you really want to have, or something that you don't already have? That I don't already. Well, what do you want to? What are you eyeing right now? Is like this. I'm gonna. As soon as I get the opportunity, that's mine. It doesn't have to be a gun. It can be anything. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, the STI TTI 2011 Combat Master. Or um, I like the 17L. I mean, I like shooting Glocks. 
And, um, but that SIG MPX by TTI, I mean, that thing is a race car. I mean, and anybody that shoots, it's just like, it's just nothing but smiles ear to ear. Like <laughs> the TTI ST or the TTI, um, SIG MPX is. Yeah, Jay shoots that thing unreal, like yeah. unreal. It's just fucking amazing. So I don't know. Yeah. She's in my opinion, she's like top five best female in the world. I've just been running a ragged training people at the range that I feel bad that she's not out there pushing that. Like, I mean, she's not that she hasn't won a bunch of stuff, but we've had like almost eight months of nonstop training, you know, really cool people that it's hard to ready for the matches. So for both of us to get ready or all three of us, it's, it's a tremendous amount of work. It's, it's like making a movie. It's not about what's on screen. It's all the behind the scenes misery. So let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Finish. No, sorry. I'm hoping to, I've been doing this so long that I'm kind of taking a break for myself, except for some locals and stuff, and maybe a few majors. But I'd like to take Megan and Jay to a couple, two or three big ones before the year is out. And I'd like to coach them because they're extension see my shooting because they shoot almost exactly like me. And um, it means a lot that somebody's doing this, you know, from what I've taught and helped them learn. And it means a lot that they can keep winning that way and Protégé. see a new, yeah. a new breed. What was that? So your your protege, the princess, oh, yeah. Padwan. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that means a lot to me. It'd be fun, you know. I look forward to that because it's stressful when you're there, and you you've got to make sure. Because I've been doing it so long, I know what like not to do wrong, and I could see, like if they're going to make a mistake or they're putting the wrong mag on, and there's something. If I'm doing it for myself, I've got to beat a bunch of guys half my age or not get my ass kicked by them, and watch them and myself. I'd rather just go there and be hundred percent checking, making sure everything's right. Walk the stages know how to show. I've been doing this forever. I know exactly how to shoot every stage on the planet. Rob Latham used to call it, uh, used to call me, um, WWTV. What would, uh, WWTD, what would Taryn do? So, you know, he liked how I walk stages. So, uh, it was a fun thing. So I'm good at, uh, diagnosing and breaking down stages. So if I don't have to like stress that I'm up next, every match I'm up first because of Butler. And then if there's a mistake, then I'm like mentally like irritated. Then I'm trying to like keep an eye on them. I'd rather just spend a year and just really help them just nail in a shit ton more titles. So take on the title of coach. Yeah, man. That would be cool. So uh, laws be damned, rules be damned, money be damned. What would you own? Money be damned, anything damned. What would you own? As far as guns go? No, anything. What would you own? Anything. What I, what? Like anything in the world that you can have, right? What would you want? Law, laws don't anything. apply. Money doesn't apply. You could just, you could have any, do anything. Oh, anything. If you could have anything in the world, what would you have? The Fabergé egg. <laughs> Fabergé egg. <laughs> what does that mean? That, that is a first. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that before. What would you have, Zab? I think Queen of England yeah. has that, doesn't she? Didn't she own the Fabergé egg? I don't know. <laughs> Queen of England. He's asking you what we'd have. What was that? What would you have? Um, I don't know. I don't think that there's any kind of material thing that I want. I think it would be probably like... A beautiful house? doesn't have to be material. It could be anything. Maybe a ranch. Like, I would like... My goal is to one day buy my dad a ranch. So if I could have anything in the world, I would buy my dad a ranch that Perfect. he could retire on. Awesome. And all the horses and shit that he wants. Awesome. Good answer. That's where we go with this. That's where we go with this question. Very good. And alpaca. 
And no, with no, alpacas. And, no. Yeah, no, and make no, sweaters. A donkey. And a pygmy goat. A pygmy goat. A pygmy goat. What is that? A stubborn goat. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Megan wants a finger uh, monkey. Megan, <laughs> Megan, what's the last thing you'd want or whatever? What's the thing you got to have? Anything in the world. The mountain. <laughs> she already got it. Steep I don't know. <laughs> finger monkey. Tough. Think of it. I would want the choices to continue to have whatever I want. She wants to be able to have more options. That's cheating. That's like asking for more wishes. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it does. All right. Anything. All right. If you could spend the day at the range with anyone or group of people, they could be dead, alive, fictional, who would it be? Clint Eastwood. Nice. I want to meet Clint Eastwood. I missed out on Burt Reynolds, one of my idols. To me, Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood were the yin and yang of the coolness of the 70s. You got the... The gun shooter, the gun guy, the, every movie he's got a different cool gun. You got Burt Reynolds as the car guy, the ladies' man with the bitching cars. Clint always drove a shitty car. Burt usually had kind of a dopey gun. So Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Take an answer. Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds. Have them well, both. Burt's, yeah. Well, well I Burt's said gone. they could be dead. You can bring them back from the dead. Okay. Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood in City Heat. <laughs> hang out with them. Sweet. <laughs> Go ahead, Jade. Love that. I don't know. Um, Frankenstein? Yeah, it could be fictional. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be Lincoln and his beard. I like Lincoln. Um, I don't know. Um, honestly, can I be honest? Yes. Jesus. That's swear. That's Jesus. Jesus Christ. You going to teach him how to shoot? Um, yeah, I think he might teach me how to shoot. <laughs> but... um. I mean, was it better than mine? Well, I mean, Clint Eastwood's like... I mean, she just threw down J.C., man. It doesn't get no bigger than J.C. I was thinking alive, though. I didn't really think that... Well, we were thinking celebrities. I thought the ultimate. Okay, Megan, so King Kong, Godzilla. No, I like King Kong. Honestly, I've always wanted to meet Quentin Tarantino. Cool. You probably will, actually. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, she said. Yeah, I heard that. That's awesome. That's a good answer. I like that. I'd love me, to meet Quentin yeah. Tarantino too. Quentin comes out there, you gotta have me out. I'd love to meet Quentin too. Two Tennessee boys. All right. I'll, I'll call you right as he's driving out. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his movies and like just his mind and how he creates everything. Like I don't know. I just think he's unique and I like the way he thinks. Did he do the the Hollywood one that's out now? Was that him? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Was that Quentin? Yeah, that was him. Okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's really good. I want to see it again. Yeah. You can tell he has like, a certain touch in movies. Like, you can watch multiple of his movies and they have somewhat like similarities. So you can always, like, it's like singers, how they all have unique voices. Like, I think Quentin has a unique way of producing, directing, and writing movies. Oh, there's no doubt so, he's very unique. Yeah. He changed the game. He changed the game in 93 when Pulp Fiction came out. That reset the standard in Hollywood. I mean, all the writers are big. Holy shit, we've got to work now. You know, he's like the those, he, he's like the Taron Butler of Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. In competition shooting. Yeah, there's a, there's those certain moments in Hollywood where something happens and it changes everything. Then right after that came out, you had all these wannabe movies like Two Days in the Valley and all these <laughs> Lock, Stock and Barrels and all these gritty hardcore you know movies want to be like Quentin, but they're not. They're all they're all ripoffs. It's like. Everyone wants to be Van Halen, but then you and Motley Crue was cool, but then you got like, you know, Hanoi Rocks and Stupid Saigon Kick and all these clowns and White Lion. They're not fucking Van Halen, you know, but right. they try to look like them. So 
that's what Hollywood did. And the same standard has been set with John Wick. When John Wick came out, action had to go, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This is really, this is not a bunch of monkey dust, fake, stupid action, jump cut stuff from Born Identity and every CG idiotic action scene. These, this is really, he's really fighting well, not jump cut shots. It's one shot for a long time of a lot of action. Same with the action of the shooting. So Hollywood is like set on their ear because of John Wick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go to our listener uh, questions now. And, okay. and good job on those. New guy, new guy, new guy questions. Thank you. So uh, Brantley Brooks wants to know, what is your overall favorite firearm modification? Modification? Uh, trigger job on a 2011. Okay, makes sense. What about you, Jade? What, what do you th- uh, which modification do you think give, gives you the, the best edge? I mean, I would say if it's not a trigger job sight. Okay. Especially on those Glocks. I mean, mm-hmm. come on now. Come on, painful. <laughs> painful. I mean, I mean, I tried to do a stock Glock the other day, and I was like, oh, no. It was, na- it was a nightmare. I don't even know if it really was a stock Glock. I don't remember what Were I was shooting. Were plastic sights, like the white and black thing? Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah. oh, it was, I was trying to shoot the freaking, sir, I was trying to shoot the, the simulator. And it was those, and it had stock lock sights on it. And I was like, I, I'm like, why am I not hitting anything? And it's because who thinks to put a front sight way down in the back sight? Like, that's why Terran sights are so revolutionary is because the front sight fiber optic is right, or the fiber optic is right on the top of the front sight, period. So I would say front sight, or I would say sights in general. Sights. Thanks, Jade. Me personally, I've Mega. always been a trigger snob. <laughs> Megan says she's a trigger snob. Okay. <laughs> so you like the trigger jobs on the, the 1911s? Um, I mean, I think I have two yeah. 1911s. Those 1911 stock are great. I think 2011 stock are great. CZ Tactical Sport Orange stock is great. But other than that, like every gun I've shot stock has always made a huge difference once you put a new trigger job in that. Yeah, I would say the trigger job is more applicable when it goes inside like a Glock. Because, I mean, yeah. it's a huge difference. I mean, yeah. stock Glocks... Are just like you end up. They got a, a little better on the Gen fives, but still, they need improvement. And here's the reality of it: is if you were forced to shoot a stock block, it's not that bad. We're just snobs because <laughs> I shot nothing but. You've been guns spoiled rotten. Year. That's what's happening. Yeah, Ter- man. Taryn has spoiled you. I know, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> she shoots the 17 out like a maniac. If you check out some of the videos on YouTube and oh, IG. I've, yeah, I've, I've watched it. Uh, do that while I go to the next question here. Uh, talk about where they can go and watch your videos and, and check all that out. Give them the links. So just you can go to like Terran Tactical uh, on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, also, Jade Struck on Instagram. Uh, she's also on YouTube, um, Meg Ants on Instagram, uh, Megan Swayze on Facebook, um, Turn Tactical on Facebook. Everybody's on there. We, we're constantly showing Jade and Megan on there shredding all the time. We just love promoting them, and everybody loves them, and maybe they can engage with some people sometimes. And, not like totally and sometimes you have <laughs> guest celebrities pop out of your new safe. Out of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Michelle Rodriguez pop out of it. It was pretty funny. Um, probably do more of those, actually. Here, I remember my question from a minute ago. Uh, I mean, looking at your social media and your videos and you know everything, I mean, it just looks like 
I mean, you guys are just always, you know, you got an entourage going on there, something going on. What's what's a typical day like at TTI? <laughs> well, there's totally different days. Like there's days just me by myself and doing stuff with Haley and it's, we're editing videos and it's boring AS. And then there's days that are just completely insanely amazing. We just had uh, Bob Odenkirk come down from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Jay, tell, tell him how that day went. It was awesome. I mean, Bob's a, an amazing dude. And, and ultimately, like, as far as the, because I, I feel that where you're like, there's like a group of people, but it's like to be out there. I learned from teaching or from Taryn teaching. Like I learned from watching um, and watching others shoot. And one thing I like about our videos that I'm noticing is that it's like, there's always that group of like individuals in the background cheering one another on, but it's like, it's that camaraderie. So like a day at TTI is like, we just get to spend the day kicking it, encouraging each other, always working. Like if somebody's on the firing line, I'm in the back with our students dry firing. So they're always learning. And then, you know, we go through our, you know, our drills and we get the fundamentals and the technique and applying it and all that different stuff. And then, you know, we finally do like those videos are kind of like the last courses of action. And yeah. those are like, yeah. that's where it's, it all kind of comes full circle. And, and I think that's why we're all just kind of like sitting there on the edge of our seat. Like, how are you going to do? Because, you know, the whole time we're all fighting for, you know, perfection, which ultimately I think that if you're really hungry for it, you might never feel like you have obtained it, but at least we're getting as close as we can to it. And it's, it's inspiring. So, I mean, everybody's just hanging on the edge of their seat, just watching. And there's different kinds of days. Like there's days where we're really training, being paid by Hollywood to work with two actors at a time. So, like, for instance, we had Charlie Theron come out and Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane was in uh, Beale Street can, can Talk. And Jade and I will switch out the actors during the day because she offers her style. And we're, we're very similar. In the end result, we're, we're slightly different, our draw and stuff like that, but not different enough where they're like, okay, why am I learning two different ways? So like, but um, well, We teach the similar curriculum, but we teach it in a different way. So if Karen says something that you know, works with one individual, but it doesn't work with another individual. I have another safe full of ways to apply it. And that's pretty much like how, how it goes is if you try something and it doesn't work, you know, keep throwing mud at the wall, something will stick. Got to find a way to connect to them. Yeah. So that they get it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, most of the time people, they, they grasp things differently. Most of the time it's based off of like prior experience. So I'll say something like break the pencil. Everybody's broken a pencil before. Mm -hmm. So they know what, you know, what we're applying there. Whereas Taryn will sometimes make fun of me because he's like, oh, stupid pencil, don't break the stupid pencil. <laughs> but I'm like, listen, because look at what does the break in the pencil do? It gives you back pressure and it immediately flares out your elbows. So it's like it, uh, different things work for different people. But ultimately the goal is how can we get this information to stick and it be applied in a way that is going to be useful? Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. And uh, um, we just give the best training we can to, uh, of several days of training. We will have, you know, get some videos for them, for their DVDs or behind the scenes, things like that. And um, it's like, for instance, like working with Hallie, Hallie, uh, the Glock had to be a little different for her, different, bigger mag. Let's want a Gen 5 mag button, oversized slide release for the way she did it. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, me and Jay would just take turns with her Slight working with modification, her. modification, see what works. All the different actors and just, you know, in the end, they, they get, you know, they get a lot out of it. You know, we, we don't just sit around talking. We don't do five hours of preaching about mm. whatever. We just go the total safety thing, emphasize safety big time, especially reholstering, all that stuff. It's, you know, one mistake you'd be in big trouble, especially with the big, long transition stages and, and all the stuff we had to do for John Wick 3 for those videos. That was 
that was beyond the most intense training we've ever had to do for anybody because the director chats to Halski is not just some random director like, yeah, yeah, I guess I, it's up to you guys. Do what you want. He knows how to shoot. He's an exceptional shooter. been shooting now for four years at my place. He's gone to matches with us and he wants next level every time. Like every time we make a, a John Wick sequel, we have to come up with something new. So in John Wick 2, we did shotgun loading old school weekend. But John Wick 3, we did quad loading. You know, uh, Megan and Jade and I are all phenomenal quad loaders. So <laughs> that blew people's mind in the theater when they saw quad loading going on. Like, what is going on here? Usually in a movie, it's like he pulls out one shotgun shell and he fires 20 more rounds. So all of that kind of cool stuff. Uh, then we did, we invited some fun people in. We invited Jesse Harrison who will probably go down as the greatest female shooter of all time, Maggie Reese, who's local, another national world champion, a girl I found, probably the first girl I ever helped her career in, in 2007 was Maggie. So still dear friend. She, she was on Top Shot too, wasn't she? What? What? Maggie Reese, she was on Top Shot, wasn't she? When she yeah. Also- yeah, she was on Top Shot. So when, when Hallie came down, because um, she wasn't really going to do John Wick 3, and uh, Chad would come every Thursday to practice with us, and he goes, yeah, we might not get Hallie. She's a little bit too expensive. And then one day he showed a video of Jade and Megan and uh, maybe Corinne or one of the girls shooting at the range. She goes, is that where I'm going to go? Not some military range getting yelled at? I don't know. Or I've been told and all that stuff. She's like, <laughs> she walked in and she had the time of her life with Jade and Megan and all the girls. I and bet, yeah. even the videos, you could see it. We maintained our friendship. She bought us dinner at UFC 239. For a lot of friends of mine, it's probably a $5,000 dinner she laid down for us. She's just a wonderful person. And wow. that was probably one of the most awesome experiences of my whole shooting career was John Wick 3 training everyone for that and that experience with Hallie and having Jade and Megan be there. Yeah, and I think that what we, you know, what we do just to add a quick note is like it's, you know, it's more than just teaching people how to shoot. Like you could teach anyone how to shoot. That doesn't mean that they're going to be John Wick. We're we're training these individuals to become shooters and the time and, you know, the energy put into it really over time is accumulated into, like you said, like a friendship, but also like an experience where we're family, you know, and we're in this together and the camaraderie and the care for one another, you know, um, when one's not feeling like, you know, like when Keanu shakes his head after a run, every time he's like, oh, da, da, da. and I'm like, Keanu, it's breaking my heart that you don't think that you're good because you are one of the best. And well, you it, do it too. I know, I know, but I'm different. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. But, um, and you know, it's like, it's such a personal experience. It's such an experience. It's not just come out here. We're going to teach you how to shoot a gun. Like, no, we're going to teach you not only to like wield this uh, tool, but we're also going to teach you how to embrace it and allow it to work through you in a way where it's, you're not acting anymore. You are doing, you're working with your body in a performing art right. versus just, I'm just going to stand here, cup and saucer, lean all the way back. Plus, plus, <laughs> plus they, ask, they ask a lot of questions, and that's made us better trainers. They, you know, We've had to modify guns as we go and uh, work on all the details of everything. And then yeah. we even invited uh, Keith down. He did awesome working with Keanu with shotgun stuff and pistol stuff. So it was fun to have our friends be part of it. The experience was just magic. I don't know if we'll have that kind of experience again to that level. Yes, we all, will. all of our friends come down, be part of it. The movie, the premiere we got to go to that night was one of the best nights of my life. It was just incredible. Bet, <laughs> Party! To go, to go to Grandma's Chinese Theater in LA, and then we get, and Jade and I get a text, and it's from Keanu Reeves. He goes, Taryn, 
would you and Jade mind acquiring me on the red carpet for a photograph? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm going to go to Arby's instead. I was like, yeah, right. So we did that. <laughs> and then to get then this, the movie was next level. The action scene with the dogs, the whole thing. We're just, we're so happy with the movie. And then just to go to the after party with Hallie and the director and everybody there and Jade and Megan dancing, having a great time. It was so fun. We drank it. It was very fun. And then Keanu wanted us to go back in the back room and just talk with us. He's so humble. He's like, did you like it? Did you guys like it? Did I do okay? Like, of course, it was amazing. You sure? And he's like, oh. He just said that one or, scene anyway. where you did that reload, Keanu. Come on, man. I taught you better than that. <laughs> I know. Huh? I know. And he won't listen. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I hope that one day um, he will, you know, feel that that sense of pride that we feel in him. I mean, the, anytime we he talk does. about well, I think and that's like, what, what sets happened? him apart as a, as an actor, you know, as a a top tier actor is that he's not satisfied. You know, he's always trying to improve and always trying to be better. So I think that's why he's right. at the level yeah. that he's at in Hollywood. So, Well, it was, it was rough. Like, you know, he was shredding in John Wick too. Like if that video came out in, yeah. you know, four years ago and that video set the bar, it changed Hollywood. It changed everything for us. Cause every actor saw that and goes, Holy fuck. What is this? Is that even really Keanu? And they all started coming to us. Joel Kinnaman comes out, Michael B. Jordan, freaking yeah. you name it. They're all coming out to train because they can't just fake it anymore. They can't. They, it's like, it's like the, why is Jason Statham an action star? Because he could probably kick most people's ass because he can really fight. So it's the same thing with this. So that changed the game for us. And it made us much better trainers and have to uh, raise the bar with all of that. So we've been very lucky. And also for Keanu, after John Wick 3, he's... He is, he is at such a level now in his career with doing Marvel stuff. He's now got The Matrix. He's just finishing up Bill and Ted. Marvel? Um, did that crazy video did game. Did you just say like, Marvel stuff? He's going to be in a Marvel. He's is gonna he going to be, be Prince of Namor? Is he going to be uh, the um, Prince of Atlantis? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, probably the internet knows more than I do. I just know that he's Maybe. doing all that stuff. So. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, so like his career choices after John Wick three are definitely better than after John Wick two. So, <laughs> um, and he's at he's at his absolute prime. But the work involved for that movie because now it was the horse stuff, and with mm -hmm. the horse stuff, he ripped his hand open. So you watch the videos where he's quad loading, and Jade's like, "Your hand's cut open. Don't get over it." And um, <laughs> I just made a dick. <laughs> you know, well, like picture his day. Like he's fifty four years old. He's been in two massive motorcycle accidents. That's why in the Matrix he's got that raging scar on his stomach and a big hole in his belly. That's not fake. That's real. That's real, huh? And, Damn. Um, he, uh, he'd have to get up at like 6, do fight training at 8711. 87.11 is the place that's done all this for us. It wasn't for Chad Stahowski and J.J. Perry and David Leach and all the crew over there, all the stunt people. We wouldn't be talking about any of this right now. So because of them. And the, they have to fight over there for three or four hours. He's got to drive an hour and a half to a horse ranch, ride this horse like a maniac hanging off the side of it with wires on him. Then he's got to get on his, his uh, arch motorcycle and drive another hour and 20 minutes to us with a 40 pound backpack, pull up at three in the afternoon, soaking wet with sweat. And Jade's like hanging out with him talking and then get them all cleaned up. And then we got to start shooting for three hours. So it's, it was brutal. Like, the level of that shooting was epic in the video, but he would have been 15%, 20% better if it wasn't all those things before that. Because yeah. I couldn't do all that, you know? Well, and then talk about Hallie's training. I mean, Hallie literally didn't have time to eat lunch. Like, she 
was scheduled out. She starts in the morning. She trains for four or five hours in the gym, takes off, has an hour window to get to us, gets to us. We train for three, four, five hours, right? Gets out of there, goes to the dogs, right? Works at the dogs until yeah. late at night and then has to wake up and do it all again the next morning. And that was not just for like a week. That was like eight, nine, ten weeks worth it of was, training. It was five months. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. And tell them about her injuries. Mm-mm. No, tell them about the injuries. Hallie get some injuries? Mm-hmm. What? Did Hallie get some injuries? Yeah, you know, just basic getting beat up shit. I mean, you have to think, like, here's the thing. It's like, I'm young. I'm, like, 21, you know. I'm, like, doing this and I'm doing that. But, like, I mean, I get tired after one day. You know, Hallie, I mean, she's an athlete and she looks amazing. But, I mean, to get thrown around like that all the time, like, naturally, you know, you get yeah, a few. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, ailments. So, I mean, but I'm just proud of her. And, and um, I mean, I look forward to her work. I mean, she's working on a new movie coming up. She's actually going to be directing it. So, um, it's going to be awesome. She's a UFC fighter, like making a comeback and stuff like that. So she's directing it right now. It looks good. Yeah. And they'll be doing a genre four and she's excited about it. Plus she said to us, it was really super sweet. She took us to dinner and she said, you know, after I won my Oscar, that was an amazing moment in my life. But then a year later I did, you know, Catwoman, and that really hurt her career. People wouldn't let off. People wouldn't stop making fun of it for 15 years. And she's had some good movies in between, like X-Men and things like that, but then some movies that weren't the greatest, like The Caller and Kidnapped and stuff like that. I like Kidnapped. But John Wick 4, John Wick 3, she said, and being involved with the fight training and then thanking us personally for the action training. Because I told her, she said to me, she goes, she told this group at dinner, she goes, Taryn told me this would change my life. I didn't believe him. Because I knew it would. I knew seeing Halle Berry shredding with guns at John Wick's level almost, or at that level, is going to be something special, and it was. Yeah. So the video came out, went viral, millions of views. They talk about an Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight. On uh, There's a hilarious episode of, uh, of uh, TMZ with, like, Halle Berry is terrifyingly hot. She is all woman. Like, these are all liberal shows, just thumbs up. You are, the, you are raging. She said yeah. it completely changed her life, and in her mind, this is equal to her Academy Award. Because it completely put her career back online. So, and you bring up a topic that I wanted to to discuss, and uh, I heard you on an interview. I can't remember where it was, but uh, the answer that you gave, uh, I thought was, you know, spot on. And you know, people are always condemning actors, Hollywoodites, you know, about not stepping forward about the Second Amendment, Amendment rights. You know, there's a lot of them in Hollywood that. You know, enjoy their Second Amendment rights. They enjoy their firearms, but due to the environment there, you know, they can't. You know, if they want to survive, they can't come out and just be blatant about it. And is that something you you want to talk about? Because I heard you talk about it on another uh, interview a while back. And I mean, you're spot well, on. I mean, you're right. You're right it, in my mindset with just, it. You just talked about it. Like, there's nothing really to say. That's that's the situation. So, you know, either they can end their career. Or they can keep working, you know, and that's that's what's going on. So you have to be, you know, you have to just navigate through Hollywood in the in the, in the proper way. It's just how it is. Like, yeah. I wish there was some more studios that were run by people with different views or whatever. But you know, they they they're making movies about guns and shredding and everything. And I'm trying to help make it look good with Jade and Megan and 
make everybody look, you know, as good as they possibly can. There's nothing more annoying than watching somebody hold a gun like an ass. Or, you know, Rick Grimes, like, Carl, with the python mm-hmm. down. Well, it skips off the ground and hits a zombie in the face. Yeah, you, you can Cock a shotgun four or five times after it's already been racked. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing, you're doing, well, it wasn't really a question. It was more of a, an observation, a comment, that uh, the misconception of, of actors and people in Hollywood, you know, not stepping up and, and supporting the Second Amendment. I mean, they, they can't. Like, they, they're trying right. to work. Their hands they, are tied, they, yeah. You, look, you can if you're at a level of Bruce Willis and Clint Eastwood, but not everybody's at that level because that's Bruce Willis and Clint Eastwood. They can do whatever they want because they're fucking Clint Eastwood. So, but, you know, when you're you're more of a up-and-coming actor or whatever, you've got you to, gotta, like, do your thing. And, I mean, I know so many producers, the biggest in Hollywood, that have bought my entire John Wick collection twice over. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that love shooting. And there's people that come out that are totally against it. By the end of the day, they're having a great time. I've done that. We've done that more times than we could possibly count. Where they'd come out there, we knew they weren't into this. Yeah. And But by the end of it, they're, they're like, one more run, one more time, one more run. Let me try this. Like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, yeah. you know. Hey, that's yeah, you pretty- know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that I think that the cool thing about what we can do is we can offer them an experience to where they really get to just immerse themselves in a sport that in a way and in a facility that isn't like anything else in the world. And to really just kind of begin to feel comfortable and really get to get into it deep and really find a passion for it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to speak for everybody when I say this, but I am going to say that like people fall in love with shooting, like the sport of it, the fact that there is a competition involved, the fact that there is a skill set necessary, that there's a mindset necessary, that, that there's a way to apply the technique in a way that keeps us hungry. You know, it's like I have not met one person that has come out and said, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Like I have not. And, we, you know? and there were people we knew were beyond it. First we train them, get them all squared away, reloads, the whole thing, we do our thing. Jade and I have our styles. It's all great. But then it becomes a mini competition. Within yourself, too. But, but they're running a course that's very similar, and they, they, each actor wants to kind of beat the other actor, so it becomes like a, a friendly, fun, like a mini golf course and things like that. Yeah. And by the end of it, they're just having a ball, like, you know, just loving it, you know. And people right. don't know what they don't know, but that's our job is to teach them. And yeah. if we can teach them in a way that, you know, is positive and productive, in a way that is inviting and encouraging, yeah. then I think that we're doing our job. You know what I mean? And, and that's the hope is that we can keep creating an environment and a workspace in which people can express themselves and, and actually enjoy it. You know, and really do it well. Well, you know it sounds I mean? like you guys are, are definitely doing that, and you're on top of it. And that's what we preach Thanks. on this show is that you, you know, you want to change somebody's mind, invite them out to the range with you. You know, take mm-hmm. them to that safe environment, teach them the, the proper techniques, the proper way to do things. Yeah, teach them how to understand respect what we're doing. You know, and, and we, I think that's the bottom line. And we got a, a couple of years, a year and a half ago, we got a special opportunity to do an episode of the Kardashians. And oh. we knew we'd get some <laughs> from it. Like 5% of the people were talking trash to us about it. Like, why did you kick him off the land? Why did you, why did you punch him in the, and like. Burn him at the stake. But, <laughs> but think about this. Like, they're probably the most popular people in the world. Each one of them's account is 100 to 150 million followers. That Kendall Jenner being the number one supermodel on the planet, finally beating Giselle Bungeon's seven-year winning streak. So to turn that down, I had the opportunity to show their audience how to clear a gun safe. That was my number one goal. 
on the range was to show them that if you find a gun somewhere because there's always a party there's people that could be somebody's gun under the couch some idiot goes in the back pulls it out well i took the mag out it's empty boom and they shoot a guy across the room or kill their girlfriend so i wanted to get across how to clear that gun on this show with their audience which is 75 percent not our audience and that to me was important plus they had a great time you watch the episode they're walking away like oh my god that was amazing plus having jade there megan uh Nikki and uh, Jennifer Irene and Hathaway, they're like, oh my God, these girls are smoking hot and they can shred and and their personalities with them immediately clicked. They loved it, you know? Yeah, and that old, and I agree, you know, and it's like for, I think, I think for all Second Amendment advocates, like all of us here, is like the question is, is how do we get our message out, our side of the story, from what our point of view of what we love? And so I agreed with Taryn when I said, like, that would be a really, like, great opportunity. We do not need to turn it down because this is an opportunity for us to talk to not just, like, to people in that world, but also to young women, you know, to young people that, let's be honest, everybody nowadays, like, idolizes celebrities, and they put them on this pedestal, and so if we can find a way, like, we can't go teach everyone, we can't, like, we couldn't teach every single person if we wanted to, but we can teach the heads of whatever it is, whether it's, you know, the police department, military, um, celebrity world, whatever, what have you, and have that trickle down in a way that it reaches a bigger audience, so I agree that we shouldn't have done anything but tell and do what we do best, you know, which is shoot. And then speaking of that, like something special happened like six weeks ago where we had a lot of actors coming out and posting runs on the property, you know, shredding. And they're pretty good runs. And then all of a sudden, Michael B. Jordan, who we trained two years ago for Black Panther, um, I knew had killer videos that no one had seen. But I'm not going to put them out because it's up to the celebrity. He puts a video out like, okay, it's my turn, bitches, kind of <laughs> what he said. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, everybody's doing it. Watch this, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And he's he's fucking good. Like that guy was a total natural. He's yeah. unbelievably yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And um, his video comes out. This is the first video we've ever had that we're involved in that's just like a click away from 10 million views. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Michael B. Jordan on Instagram, it's just it. about to break 10 million. This is when he's training for, for uh, Black Panther? It was for Black Panther. So the video was old, but nobody knew it. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. He's shredding through some course with Jennifer Irene with the timer. And, and that video's got comments from Bones Jones, my, uh, Jamie Foxx, like, holy shit, man, you're the man. You've got... Uh, Tiffany Haddish, thumbs up. You got Billie Eilish, the singer. You've got Justin Timberlake. GT. You've got just another Tennessee boy. All these people, um, just you know everybody. Russell Westbrook, uh, just all flipping out. The most popular soccer player on the planet. Like, oh my God, you were just devastating. That was very unique, like in a special moment for us. That our training is his biggest video of his entire Instagram. And saw showed all, all these people that are not really of our world, mm-hmm. thinking that's super cool to do to do what we do. Yeah, I you think know? it's awesome, man. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing because you are reaching that demographic, you know, that we're trying Thank to reach. You. you know, you're getting to them and you're doing it in a positive way, and that's, you know, that's the the best thing about what you're doing is the positivity that you're exuding Thank with you. what you're doing. And I, I congratulate you guys on that. I commend you on that. And thank you for doing that uh, on behalf of me and our community. Because we are the most diverse community, whether the, the left wing wants to admit it or not, because we welcome everyone into our community. 
all races, all religion, all sex, all color, everything. You know, we're the biggest, mm-hmm. most diverse community there is. Uh, they just don't, you know, they just don't want to admit it. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys. That that's awesome. Love what thank you're doing. You. Keep it up. Thanks for support. Thank so, you. Just want to do our part. <laughs> Big John has been quiet this whole time. I know he's he's want to ask some. You want to ask some questions? You got some questions? You muted yourself there. You're muted. Yeah, you're muted. Unmute yourself. Sure. <laughs> he's sitting there talking. How you doing, beautiful? There we go. Hi. Hello. Yeah, I've Hello. Got a I have a couple questions written down on notes. Um, I'm really curious to know. Yeah, if you have if you have questions, if you're if you're talking about something like training, and you have a, a challenge, do you solve these problems all by yourself, or is there a core group I've of been, people? I've been I've been in this game for like over 25, 30 years, and I've talked. I've never wanted to be just dogmatic and just stick with one thing. That's why I've shot so many different disciplines, from IDPA to I, you know, three gun to USPSA limited, limited ten production revolver. All this crazy crap. And then I also have worked with a ton of different military people and law enforcement. And I always want to G Kundo their ass. So they'll show me something and it might be completely fucking retarded or it might be amazing or it might be a little bit of everything. So I just take everything I can from everybody and I incorporate it into what I want to do and learn. And Jade has also been such a good trainer and and going out there and learning more stuff and seeing more stuff and bringing it to the table. She actually drove all the way two hours every day uh, to go train with Hallie at 8711 with cert guns and put that time in with Hallie with the actual fighting and movement and the shooting with Heidi Moneymaker, who's this incredible stunt woman. And in the end, she never got paid for it, but she spent a ton of money on a bunch of fake guns and, and all that. And it was it was really made me think, wow, like, she really cares about this training to, to go that level, to put all that effort, take days off of her time to go work with Hallie like that. It was special. So we, we learn things from a lot of different people and we take from what I think is good. I don't think, I mean, there's been a lot of different things I've seen. A lot of it is really stupid and a lot of it makes total sense. And I just take out of it what I think works. And, you know, there's, there's heavy hitters in the, you know, in the community that I think that like, you know, when there's a question, that we could discuss, we do definitely reach out. But I think, like, ultimately, we have, like, the biggest movie buff in the world right here. Like, I don't... Oh, yeah. I, you. Yeah. I ain't never met anybody like this guy. And ultimately, like he said, he's really able to kind of... I mean, like, what you don't have any... There's no firearm that I've ever seen you not be able to work with. There's revolvers, there's rifles, pistols, shotgun, thousands of different kinds of everything. And your repertoire, I mean, is is so like large. Thank that, you, Jade. Yeah. Well, but so I think that, and of course, like so for us as instructors, like it, to me, I think of it, it's kind of like an analogy. Like we're sending our kids off to college, you know. So it's like, how do we train our students to be ready for if they're faced with different things? And of course, sometimes we'll get calls like, "Hey, so um, I broke my hand and I got to shoot this rifle. So how do oh, I yeah. shoot it?" Yeah. And we kind of go back. That was John Bernthal. Yeah, John Bernthal for The Punisher. Yeah, on The Punisher right. 2, in the bathroom scene, he broke his hand, his right hand. He calls me, he's like, how am I going to load an AR? And I never really thought of it, but I, we took about 10 minutes and realized like he could put the mag, sit down, put it in his leg. And then I did two videos, sent it to him, and he does it on the show. He was very thankful. What was really cool about that is 
at the premiere in Hollywood, he went up to go speak and he thanked me and Jade before everybody. I was in shock. Please. Like he's like, I want to thank nice. Taryn Butler and Jade Strzok for what they did to help me through the show. And it was like a, another one of those special moments. It was freaking awesome. And he's such yeah. a great guy. He didn't worry about going to the shot show. Like I invited a lot of celebrities and I get it. They, they back out last minute. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go. He had a He's great like, Fuck time. yeah. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> What's cool about that is um, uh, we've got a friend who's uh, got a big YouTube channel, uh, Hickok45. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Big John, his son, had one of my shirts on, one of my Talking Lead t-shirts on, and he got his picture taken with John uh, Bernthal wearing my t-shirt. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> Dude, funny story about them is like I was in the elevator. This was before Shot Show even happened, and um, I was kind of new to everything, so I hadn't really done a lot of like research on everything. But I was in the elevator, and I look up this guy, and he's so tall, and I go, "They're giants." Wow. You're stunningly tall. And he's like, thank you. And so we're walking around, and then all of a sudden I saw him on the floor, and I go, dude, you're Hickok. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like blown away. I was like, we're just talking shit in the elevator. Like, yeah, I mean, he's literally like family. seven feet tall. We all got that picture together out front, uh, out front of the restaurant where we went to the show. He was in the picture. Oh, fuck yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was like, why does he look so familiar? <laughs> Very short. Oh, yeah. My. Yeah, the only other thing, uh, when I get an opportunity to talk with professional shooters, I'm always very curious to know what percentage of their training time is dedicated to dry fire. <gasps> Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. I'm going to say uh, 98%. And how, I, so, so 98%. So 98% of your training time is dry fire only. And how many rounds do you shoot annually, rough average? Of a year? Well, that's going to discre... I'm not talking about competition. Because here's the thing, is that competition is training, but you're not, you're not training when you're competing. You're competing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we train, but we don't train. So we haven't trained like for ourselves in a while. We've been overwhelmed. I've let our, our schedule get run ragged. But what she does that makes her so good is she I put her on the spot to shoot in front of these superstars and she'll lay down some crazy run and they go, Holy fuck, this little girl just shot like a fucking the girl in kick ass, you know, and um hit girl. And it is the pressure of that and you know, to to do that. But I mean I I wish we shoot more. We well, will. no, but that's not what I'm saying, Bubba. Yeah. So I say 98% of my, I say 98 because there are little increments of time in which we shoot live, but that, I wouldn't constitute that as training because that would be sitting on that range for hours, really digging deep, which I don't, you know, which isn't, hasn't been super necessary recently. But, um, but so annually, I don't know how much we shoot. I would say maybe. We don't know. We just shoot all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if they're, if they're late, we'll practice. If we're done, we'll shoot some rounds. We'll shoot during the class. Um, I would say on average. But getting ready for a match, we'll actually practice for the big ones. You know, like the Nationals where that guy fucked you over. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a fun that time. piece of shit. He didn't fuck me over, all right? Yeah, all right. All right, I fucked myself over. No. I'll wear it. But yeah, the guy needs to have his head. Stop it. Positivity, stupid. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I would say maybe on average, what would 20,000 rounds be a safe bet? Training rounds, sitting yeah, down and training. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'd say so. Yeah. 
But I would say 98% of my, my time training is dry fire. And that's what I tell all the people that ask me, like, how'd you get so good? I'm like, dude, I dry fire every day. And I, if I see a gun, I pick it up and I dry fire it. And I only practice good technique. I don't, I don't fuck off when I'm doing dry fire. Yeah. She does a lot of reload practice and stuff like that. So what about you? Yeah. What what about me? I'm being interviewed now. <laughs> yeah, do you dry fire? I try to dry fire. Um, time, time is the biggest factor. Time so, is so, the so, so 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 I will absolutely admit I don't dry fire as much as I should. How much time? How much time a week are you spending doing dry fire? Um, I would say at least thirty minutes a day, at least. So, and if I'm really going ham, like sometimes I'll be talking to Megan. Me and Megan will hop on the phone for like hours, just like shooting the breeze. And if I'm on the phone with Megan, I'm probably dry firing because we're probably talking about shooting. And so um, I would say from anywhere from a half an hour to an hour, I would say half an hour on a, on a regular basis, maybe three days out of the week, I'm doing an hour. Yep. And so that would say about seven to eight hours a week. It's good to hear you say that because like I feel like a lot of a lot of gun guys, and we'll put that in quotes, um, feel that they're too good for dry fire, right? I think they're dry not, fire is not, too good for people. Well, who are, what, what, what do you describe as gun guys? <laughs> like Instagram shooters or what do you think? Yeah, so not competition shooters. Um, they're, they're people, uh, not necessarily guys, or people that say they're into guns. They're, they're the type of person that says, oh, this is the best, and then they'll turn their noses up at any, everything else, and they don't have any experience with it. Um, and they might be an average marksman, um, but they think their shit's so hot, and they think they're too good for dry fire. But well, I think, I think, I... yeah, no, I think I think that's the majority of shooters, and which is why I always like to ask this question because I think it's good for for those shooters to hear this. Right. Well, and you know the thing is, is it's like what separates the great from the average? Like it's the hunger that the greatness strive to feel and then also the work that they put into it. And I mean, like, here's the question is a lot of people will go, Oh, well you're great because you're sponsored. It's like, I don't even, it's not even about that. I've always trained how the people that like, like watch what I do and support me and follow me, how they would have to train because I'm not any better than anyone else. And so what we all have the same amount of is time. It's not about money. It's not about gear. It's not about this. Of course, you're going to need something to work with if you're going to be shooting calm. But I mean, if you have a pistol, if you have gear, then you have what it takes to be the best. Now, if you're not going to dedicate your time, you don't deserve to be the best. And that's why a lot of people are like, oh, well, I want to be the greatest. Train me, train me, train me. Everybody wants Taryn to train him. Well, listen, <laughs> Taryn can't shoot for you. So if you want to be trained by Taryn, you better make it worth his while. So you better do your homework so that when you come to the range, you're prepared to be the best. Because if you're not willing to put in the time, if you're not willing to put in the effort, you don't deserve it and you're not going to get it. And that's why competition is so important is because it's like everybody is brought to the same stage, the same platform, and they're giving, they don't have any prior experience or knowledge about what we're going to shoot. They don't have anything better than anyone. Everyone's in their um, divisions. Everybody's got, everybody's coming up on the same stage. And it's about how much time did you put in before that? That's what's going to show on the on the scoreboard. It's not about who has more money, who has this, who has that, who has more sponsors. It's about what do you bring to the table. There are no free lunches in competition, and that's why it's competitive. Plus, it's it's different yeah, now. Um, everybody wants to be sponsored within ten minutes. It's 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 a different world. It's the whole you know Instagram, Facebook world. Everybody wants all their shit, and I get it. Like beautiful girls get stuff pretty quick. 
But to me, the ultimate setup is a beautiful girl that can outshoot 99% of the men in the world. You know, and that's what I have in my world. That's something I've always been pushing and striving for. And at this very moment, I think I have the best situation of that right now. Like Ashley Work can beat virtually every man in the world, but, a, you know, a car full of them. You know? She's a rock star. Uh, so can uh, Jade. So can most of my girls. It's just it's awesome. And they're absolutely stunning. They're better looking than virtually every actress that's rolled up on the range so far. <laughs> like I'm looking at Jade next to this other actress going, okay, now why is she in the movie? And she's not. <laughs> so, um, same with Megan, you know, statuesque, perfect jawline stunning. and beauty and no Botox, no boob jobs, no bullshit, just the real deal, you know? And, <laughs> and um, it's, it means a lot to me. It's, it's, it's very unique. And when people come there, they walk out, they're going, this was a magical place. Like even the other day, um, uh, Shamar Moore said, Taryn, this is like my funnest place to come. I, this is like my Disneyland to come train here to be around Jade and Megan and Christiani and to be part of that world. And Jennifer Irene, these are all wonderful people that can all shoot and just the experience of it. And then we always get a great video out of it to timestamp it. It's just, it's pretty cool. I'm very happy that I'm, I'm in this little situation. Thank you. And I wouldn't say it's about wanting to beat men because I just want to run with the big dogs. Like, I just want to run with the men. I don't think it's about, and that's why, like, sometimes when men are like, you just want to beat the weird. best no matter like, what they are. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, well, and that's, that's the thing that's is, the that's, the thing that, com- that's a true competitor. It doesn't, you know, they don't see gender or anything else. They see, you know, here's yeah. somebody better than and me. Like, I'm going to beat them. Yeah. And that's the goal. It's like, it's not, and that's why, you know, I just, and also I like the environment. Like, like there, I love to be around men. Like the the testosterone and the need to like be the best is inspiring. And so I think like ultimately, like you know, it's nice to be around a group of women too on the range and like getting. I love all of the women that are in the shooting community, whether they're models, whether they're shooters, whether there's something in between, like me, you know. But like I think everybody has their place and everybody has a skill set and a specialty that they bring to the table. But I think ultimately we're all here for the same reason, which is the love for shooting. And I just, I like being in that environment. I'm grateful. And I like to touch on that a little bit there. The thing about, I don't like a little bit on out there with the social media is that so many people are attacking so many groups of people, you know, but the reality is we're all in the same situation. We all endorse shooting community and guns and some girls though, yeah, they can't shoot. So what? They're hot. They're holding a gun. Why do we have to out them, hate them, build meme pages about them? We got military law enforcement. We got groups of people all attacking each other. It's like let's. It sounds corny, but let's just let's just you know. There's a lot of other people on the other side that are trying to destroy everything we have. Why are we fighting each other? Our own teams when we should be fighting people that want to take everything away yeah. from us yeah. and completely destroy everything. But we're putting all our energy into fighting someone that believes in the same things you do. So what if they're not as talented? We are so our greatest enemy. Yeah. Just ignore them. If you don't like them, you don't got to like design a way to destroy them. It's just a waste of time. Well, and I think that that's a problem that we have as people sometimes is that we get like jealous or envious or like resentful of one another. And like, kind of like what I was telling Taryn the other day is like, if I'm a hand in your foot, that doesn't make my skills. Like you can't do what I do as a hand and I can't do what you do as a foot. So why do I care if you're a foot and I'm a hand when we're both part of the same body and without each other, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of just, I think it's sometimes can be like a little bit of an ego problem. Like 
I think all egos, especially when you get on the range, should like be shed because are we here to learn and to shoot and to enjoy our time together? Or are we here to fucking bicker and ruin our time together and end up like just being like, oh, well, that was a shitty day. Like, no, we want to all come together and be a part of because we're all part of the same family. There doesn't have to be inner turmoil. And like, I think that, you know, ultimately we need to accept one another for being ourselves. You know, like I, I, like also look at like, look at all these beautiful women that get out of the military and they can like go and make a living modeling in the gun world, doing what they love to do. Like why, not that anybody talks shit about those, anybody, but I mean, like, why wouldn't we encourage people to like, to benefit from either some like gifts that they've been given or passions that they have or anything like that. Like that's none of our business. It's just our, it's yeah. our part to support one another. And I've been guilty of it too. But like I started in this and everybody's like, you're pretty, you can't shoot. And I'm like, you're right. I can't shoot yet. I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing, but wait until I know what I'm doing. And then also my face is not going to change. So once I get to where I'm going, like then what, you know, and I think it's, important that you know like we can all accept one another for where we're at now and accept each other where we're going to be in a month or so you know yeah we need to love one another period you're right Jane. mic drop i love that 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 is a a great question to stop on right there because we are like two hours into this and i know you guys got other shit that you got to do and there's a ton Mm -hmm. more questions here and we could go for another two hours and i would love to have you guys back on again uh, another episode. Yeah, man. I've really enjoyed the, our conversations here. Uh, Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Thank you. So bef- before you go, we got to give away that Glock $75 gift certificate. Let's do it. So I'm going to go to Facebook. I don't know if you guys have access to the Facebook or not, but I've got the post that we did the voting on there. And mm-hmm. uh, we've got like, 88 comments or so so 88 but they had to do a certain post they had to put their vote in and then they had to do tash hashtag tl300 and hashtag tl glock or just hashtag glock and if they didn't put those hashtags in then they're not eligible for this so i'm gonna i'm gonna scan through here and is is megan still there yeah. all right megan, right megan tell me when to stop Stop. <laughs> okay. So um, I've got Tom Hayden. T- Tom Hayden. Con- congratulate Tom. He's the winner. Yay, Tom! So we've got plenty more to give away. We've got another uh, $75 Glock gift card. We've got a CP33 uh, handgun from Caltech. They're cool 22 um, 22 long pistol that they've got and we're giving away a suppressor also a silencer so all kinds of cool giveaways left one more time give all your websites your social medias where people can get in touch with you uh, I don't guess they can visit um, Disneyland right you don't have visitors there that can come to your shop um, it's just I don't know it just depends we're, just, we're all over the place some people we just some people we let in, some we don't. Some people just roll up and we give them a great day. Or the thing, here's the one thing. wick showed up. One wick. <laughs> here's the thing is, we're we are a private facility, but um, but you know we we've 
we will take requests and we'll sift through them and we'll figure it out. But it, there's no biasness to it. It's really just about what the schedule permits. But um, we are not a public range. So, yeah, but, there's only so yeah. much training we can do because we got to train ourselves eventually, too. So. Maybe one day. But now we're doing Well, because we're also working on projects, too, you know, so we got to kind of keep it. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah. Okay. So where they can find us is um, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Terran Tactical. And um, our website is Terran Tactical Innovations or TerranTactical.com. And that's for all of your firearm parts and accessories and base packs. And then follow uh, Jade Struck on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. And Megan. Megan's on Instagram <laughs> and Megan, Megan Swayze on Facebook. And just go to YouTube and put my name on there and they all pop up. So yeah, man. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate you. Honestly, it's been a really awesome time. And thanks, Keith Garcia, for uh, showing us your show and getting us involved. For so. hooking us up. Well, you guys are always welcome back. We'll hey. see you soon. Love you guys. Big thanks John. for everything. All right. See you soon. Yep. Thank Take you. care. Bye. All right, so what a what a great interview there with Taryn and a surprise with Jade and Megan. I didn't know they were going to be joining us, but, man, I'm glad they did. That was that was amazing. So I didn't get to everyone's question, so I apologize, Leadheads. Maybe I can uh, get Taryn to uh, to log on to social media there and answer some of your questions. But I think he pretty much covered everything. So I don't think there was anything that he didn't cover other than maybe the question about his hair. And I wasn't going to ask him that. <laughs> so. so Big John. Hello. John McCarthy. Uh, I had mentioned earlier in the show, two hours ago, that uh, <laughs> that you had some announcements to make. So uh, you've got a couple of cool projects. Uh, one is you're working uh, on a project with the Car 9, and then the other, uh, you're doing something with Glocks. Talk about that. Fill us in. Yeah, so, yeah, so Glock puts out a free magazine every year. Uh, they call it the Glock Annual. And uh, for the 2020 Glock annual, I did a, a nice little story on the best ranger competition uh, that they do down in Fort Benning. And okay. uh, the and cool, what is that? Talk about uh, that. I don't know what that is. Best ranger competition is uh, probably one of the, I'd say, world's finest uh, endurance endurance events. Uh, you're looking at what, 60 hours plus long, over 60 miles traveled by foot. Uh, and ranger qualified buddy teams uh, doing technical and tactical events along the way. Um, it's a true suck fest, the ball smoker, right? <laughs> and um, and it, and it's a big competition. Um, and the cool part is, so this is in the Glock annual, and uh, Glock's been supporting the competition in some fashion or another since 2003. Um, either giving guns, you know, to donated uh, to use in the competition. Or, or guns to award as prizes uh, to some of the top competitors. Um, and if it wasn't for people, for sponsors like Glock, uh, the competition would be at the scope that it is today. Uh, so it's pretty amazing. Very cool. And that comes out when? When's that book come out? That'll come out in January. Uh, they'll have them out on the SHOT Show floor out in Vegas. You just stop by the Glock booth and pick yourself up a magazine. Well, not everybody um, or, gets to go to SHOT Show, you know. <laughs> which is, it seems like everybody in the world It is does there. seem like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, for, for everyone else, like wherever your local law enforcement supply store is, like whatever that store is called in your area, um, wherever they sell Glocks and Safari Land gear, they should, you should probably be able to find a Glock annual there. Very cool. Now, 
the next project you're working on, you got a deadline. I do. <laughs> you got to get I that, do. that mofo out. So, talk yep. about, talk so about that. yeah, when I got off the phone with you, we're going to be pulling an all nighter and uh, cranking out some copy for Guns Magazine on the 25th anniversary Car K9. And uh, are you familiar with the Car K9? At all? I, I am. I, I don't uh, I don't own one, but I have shot them before. Yeah. Yeah. They're um, nice. They're nice shooters. Yeah. So, Car initially released the K9, which is a, a double action only uh, single stack nine millimeter uh, pistol back in 1994, and uh, this is before EDC was even a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you were if you were packing heat on a daily basis in 1994. Uh, and you weren't carrying a full-size 1911 or Beretta 92FS on your hip, uh, then you had like a little 380 pocket pistol, right? right. And uh, the the small concealable 9mm pistol just really didn't exist. No, not at and, all. Because uh, I, th- I think that's why there were so many 380s out there. Everybody was carrying right. a 380. Yeah. So... Um, so that's what kind of makes the car, the, the K9, kind of a big deal. Um, it's been around for 25 years. They still make them. I want to say they've got like 40 different variations in size, caliber, color, material, polymer and steel, whatever. And uh, Crystal Pepsi didn't make it through the 90s, right? But uh, the, car, <laughs> the car K9 did. So um, Crystal Pepsi. Oh, yeah, man, so, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that, right. That did exist at one time, didn't it? Holy cow! It did. It did. And uh, a lot of a lot of guns in the last twenty five years have gone the way of Crystal Pepsi, right? Mm-hmm. No, so it's cool. Um, they tricked out a Car K nine with uh, some fancy laser etched commemorative slide cuts and uh, individually numbered frames, nice little Cerakote finish and slide ports and. There's some really fancy machined aluminum grips from Hogue. Uh, she's pretty sharp, and they're only doing 500 of them. 500. I, 500. Yeah, I got I got number 99. Oh, look at in, you in go. my possession. Yeah. So so that means there's 499 left for you know listeners to purchase for for everybody else. Do you have one? <laughs> they didn't give one to me. <laughs> I sure I'll, don't. I'll send, it, I'll send them a note. Yeah, I say, oh, you look lefty there, guys. What's up with that little yes. oh, shit? <laughs> save one, save one for Marty. Well, that's cool, man. So, uh, anything coming up that you that you got? Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, the The next gun we have to review on deck is going to be the Bergera Ridgeback in three hundred PRC. Those are yeah. kind of expensive, aren't they? So, if we're talking about like MSRP, um, I look at a lot of gun stuff, so a lot of times I forget prices. Um, I want to say you're looking around the two thousand twenty five hundred dollar price range. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, three hundred PRC. If if listeners aren't aware, um, that was picked up as like the new big uh, long range cartridge for SOCOM this past fall. Um, they got a contract for three hundred PRC. I uh, think three hundred Win Mag, but better, and uh, you'll have a pretty good idea what three hundred PRC is all about. I haven't shot the uh, 300 PRC yet. I did just build a um, 6.5 Grindel, <laughs> believe it or not. I need to build a 6.5 You've Grindel. You've got one to build, but you yeah, haven't built yours, right? That's right. Yep. You've got one, too. 
Now, did, was yours tan? Did you have a tan one? Yep, sure did. You got a tan one? Okay. Are you just going to put that on one of your existing AR lowers, or are you going to do a complete build for your lower, too? Uh, so, lure is pretty nice stuff. It's top shelf, right? Yeah. And uh, I feel it would be sacrilegious to put it on any lower except uh, a matching lower lower. Well, I don't. And <laughs> I put it on... I put it on, uh, actually, I put it on the, the lower that I made myself, my 80% nice. uh, lower that I did, just because it, color-wise it matched more. But I've got a couple of Nordic components that I'll probably, um, that's probably what I'll put in when I go shoot it, actually go shoot it. Cool. So you've got it built, but you haven't shot it yet. I haven't. I haven't gone out to get the ammo, the 6.5 Grendel. I'm sure I could probably get it at like Academy Sports or something like that. I just haven't been out to get it. Right. I don't have any experience with 6.5 Grendel, and I'm really looking forward to, to getting some. Yeah, me too. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting. I hope I like okay. it because I got a hog hunt coming up October in Texas. I want to take it on it. Yeah, what I know of 6.5 Grendel, uh, that should be perfect for pigs. So I'm a big hunter, right? And uh, I respect every animal that I take when I'm out in the woods, mm-hmm. except, except for pigs. <laughs> um, except for hogs. Except for pigs, I hunt. I hunt deer, turkey, yep. duck, duck, rabbit, pheasant. You name it, right? I, I hunt it, and uh, it's a very respectful process. Um, pigs, I murder them. <laughs> I've I've hate in my heart for feral hogs. They're a nuisance. They're a problem, definitely. <laughs> so, anything else new and exciting in Jeremiah McCarthy's world? I mean, if we want to get personal, um, <laughs> you building the uh, driveway, right? Yeah, I'm doing my own concrete driveway. Uh, the concrete co- contractors are all too busy to even get me a quilt. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. I mean, that's what you got to do sometimes. You just say, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Can't rely on other people. Yeah. So uh, I got a, a National Guard buddy um, who was in 375 Ranger Regiment back in the day when when he was young and tough. And uh, he's an engineer now that works for you know a big construction company. But he doesn't have any experience doing a commercial driveway. Ah. Um, but I talked to him, he and he does was now. like, he, sh- <laughs> he sure does. Just gave him a call and talked to him, and he was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And you are knocking it out. So you got about halfway yeah. done? Yeah, we did two pours uh, this past weekend. We're 50% complete, and I will do the other two uh, this upcoming weekend. Nice. Now, are you traveling anytime coming up? You got any uh, events or... or- uh, trade shows or anything like that you're going to be covering? I don't I don't think so. Not at this time. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, there's some coming up. The uh, IREC Veteran YouTube uh, shoot's coming up. Uh, I'm headed to Baltimore. I'm going to a Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association uh, biennial. That'd it's like cool. their national, con- a national conference. That's what it is. It's a national conference. Okay. There's going to be some vendors set up there. Um, I think Mission First Tactical. First Tactical, um, uh, Buck Knives is going to be there, I do believe. Uh, several other, several other companies going to be there, so it'll be a good time. I got some good interviews last time I went, so looking forward to that. And then uh, the Hog Hunt coming up, got that. But I'm sure something else will come up between Twinks now and Shot Show. And then of course uh, Shot Show, we are confirmed with Buck Knives. We're going to be in Buck Knives booth again this year at Buck at uh, Shot Show for the 2020 Shot Show. I say this year, next year. Uh, so that is confirmed, and we're going to be doing that. And we have confirmed the AK Corner 
I just can't make the announcement yet on who our presenting sponsor is. So that will be coming up soon. Hopefully, cross our fingers, you know, everything goes well. We're going to have our uh, first episode of season two of the Talking Lead AK Corner the 15th of next month. So cross your fingers, guys. Big, big stuff coming. Yeah. Okay. You do a good job. Well, thanks. It's, it's my guest. It's not me. Just like today, it was the guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. All right, man. Unless uh, you got anything else, I think we should wrap it up. Get us some dinner. That sounds good. I got an article I need to write. And let me know when the article comes out. Let us know when that is. I'll I'll reshare it on social media. And cool. Let our listeners know. This one. Have them go read it. Yeah this, yeah, this one should be the January cover gun for Guns Magazine. Okay. So we'll be cover, guns are kinda, cover guns are kind of cool. So, all right, Leadheads, that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. As always, you can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, all your favorite podcasting apps. If you listen to us on the Firearms Radio Network, go and find our podcast directly and subscribe to it, and you'll get the the show a few days sooner. And uh, leave us a feedback on on. Uh, iTunes. I don't know if you can do it on the other podcasting apps or not, but definitely on iTunes. That helps us with the ratings. And uh, sometimes we'll dig down in there and we'll pick a winner for some of our swag stuff that we're giving away. And a big thanks to all the companies that are taking part in our 300th celebration giveaways. Uh, ASP USA, they put up those awesome XD, XTDF flashlights, dual fuel flashlights. We gave all of those away. Uh, 1776 United and their gift cards. Thanks to James over 1776 United, the official swag of Talking Lead. Get your Talking Lead t-shirts there. You're Talking Lead, Leadhead Brigade patches. Um, X-Steel Targets, putting up a set of gongs. We haven't um, given out how we're giving that away yet, uh, as well as the uh, Keltec CP33. We haven't given details on how we're going to be giving that away. Um, but we are going to be giving those away, adding those to our kitty, so to speak. Uh, Rats Tourniquet, our good buddy Jeff Kirkham over at Rats Tourniquet. Um, Black Rifle Coffee, Ready Man Network, uh, behind all that stuff. Uh, we've got some rat tourniquets that we're giving away, thanks to him. And, of course, Glock with those $75 gift codes that they've been giving out. We've got one more of those to give away. And I've been giving out Letty's, Talking Letty's. The Evil Black Assault Mug. Uh, Talking Letty. Don't be a snowflake. Get yourself a Talking Letty. Better than a Yeti. Talking Letty. And we've got new colors. Uh, I haven't got them posted yet. We've got a, a silvery grayish color. Call it the Silver Bullet. And then the classic uh, Evil Black Assault Mug. And that's over at Dip123.com. Danny at Dip. Dipstick Hydrographic. Uh, and then the suppressor. We gotta get, we're gonna give it away soon. It's coming up. Just post something on social media. What freedom means to you? Hashtag TL Freedomcast. Hashtag TL three hundred. Uh, do a post on social media. What freedom means to you? We've got several of you that have have posted those. So don't forget to to, to make your social media post and do the proper hashtags. And Dooley Defense is doing the suppressors. Thanks to Nick Nick Dooley over at Dooley Defense. All right, Big John, that's it. Thanks again for uh, for joining me. Uh, wish we had a little more time with you. I planned on getting you on a little bit more, but we'll have you back on, especially a- after the uh, 
articles drop and the Glock annual. Hopefully, I'll see you somewhere. Four shots in. Yes, that, yes, yes. I'm sure we will. And uh, thank you very much for having me. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. Hey, Leadhead Brigade. This is Jeremiah McCarthy wanting to congratulate Talking Lead on 300 episodes.